Blog Talk Radio. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, as, as we were, 
you know, getting our stuff together, there was so much to talk about. I don't know that we can get through it all. And this is just from week to week. I'm, I'm telling you, we, we we may have to, I may have to talk, we may have to do two shows or I do an extra or something. I don't know, because there's just so much going on. To cover it in one night in about two hours or so is, is just not doing it justice. But we're going to do our best tonight. But as you know, I don't do this alone. You know, I, and I, I wouldn't want, I mean, I can, but I enjoy having co-hosts. And uh, the first co-host has been with me, been doing this with me a long time. I mean, this guy goes back to 2006 when when we were playing Madden together, you know, and, and, and the 05 Madden. Y'all remember the juke glitch and all that, you know? I know K-Star does, you know, the nanos and all that. That's when I was introduced to all that stuff. And uh, Dr. Train at the time was, was um, his, his name was was Stop the Train. And he changed it later, Monsters of the Midway and all of that. But but he was always trained because of Anthony Thomas, a train of Chicago Bears. So the name kind of stick. And then the man's got his Ph.D. The man won the first EAFL Super Bowl ever. You know what I mean? And, and and so this guy's been around, you know, the Madden voice and the EAFL for eight years. And so we got to bring him on this show. Man's out in the West Coast. Dr. Train, welcome to the Madden voice. What up, T? You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of pissed off and excited at the same time, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, you know, yeah, you know, and, and, and we're going to get to why you pissed off and excited. <laughs> <laughs> And this other guy we're gonna bring on, I heard him being introduced as the face of the Madden Nation. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I will say this: he's definitely routinely one of the best players of the game of Madden. I'll give him that. I, I played the guy, and the guy nasty on the sticks. I give him that. I can't take that away from him. The man's got a name in the Madden community. He goes to tournaments. He plays in tournaments. He hosts tournaments. He's been on TV. He's been on ESPN. You know, there isn't much in Madden that the guy hasn't done. I I cannot take that away. Would I say the face of Madden? Man, that's a tough one because there's some guys out there that, I don't know, they may take exception to that. But is he in that conversation as far as longevity goes? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you 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 can legitimately say. K Star is is one of those names. You 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 can say that, but me and K Star gonna have a conversation shortly on this show because I went back and heard the show last week and I I, I got called him out on a couple things he said last week. But in the meantime, K Star, welcome to the Madden Voice. Glad to be here on the Madden Voice. The face of Madden has arrived. How are you guys doing this evening? Well, it's a pleasure. What's it's up, K Star? What's going on, fellas? <laughs> And last but not least, I introduced him last for a reason. He's the newest member of the team. Train calls him Little Big Brother Jay. Um, I call him JB. He knows why we call him JB. There's a, there really is a reason that we call him JB. Um, my brother, of course. But the reason I'm introducing him last, the voice of reason, as Train calls him, is because I want to share with my brother that right now I'm having a brew and a taste, you know, and, 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 and I'm having a taste of that whiskey, you know what I'm saying? So, JB, welcome to the Madden Voice. Green eggs and broham, what's happening? <laughs> what's up, JB? 
What's going on, Dr. Train, Mr. K-Star? How to do? What's going on, fellas? Doing the football thing, man. Now, now, JB, you get one. You get one guess. You get one guess. And think carefully because you, it may not be what you think. What kind of whiskey am I drinking? Ooh. Let's see. Is it going to be uh, that JWB? I knew you were going to go there. Nah. But because I knew <laughs> you were going to go there, I'm going to give you one more guess. Uh, it's not in the JW family, so I'm going to say, is it some of that Glen Meringue? There you go. <laughs> There you go. It's a, I just started, so I'm actually legitimately amped up. I haven't been drinking. It's just I just literally took my first sip. And for those of you out there, and I I I, uh, I don't know if Mom's on yet because I did send her the link, and uh, so I'm not sure if she's on yet. But um, you know, me and my brother and my dad would always, especially as we get closer to the holidays, we would always sit down and have a little tasty taste. And I was just in a mood tonight, and I said, you know what? I'm so amped up about this show. I'm so excited about the show. I'm going to pour me a little brewski. I'm going to pour me a little bit, a little bit of scotch. And we're going to settle in and we're going to have a good show. Now, anybody out there listening, if you're under 21, you better be drinking some soda or some water or something. Don't let me hear you. Don't be, do as I say, not as I do. If you're under 21, okay? I don't be saying, well, Commissioner T. No, I'm grown. I'm a grown man. I got kids your age, okay? But, um, you know... If you're over 21 and you want to join me in a cocktail, be my guest. All right, let's get let's get rolling. Let's get rolling. I brought I I put this on the agenda first because no one on this show has been a more vocal um, uh, anti Lions person than me. Even though they're in Train's division, I don't like I don't like their previous head coach. But Dr. Train, I gotta ask you before I go off. Maybe you can save me from going off. The Bills upset the Lions, okay? And Jim Swartz, the former head coach of the Detroit Lions, who's now the defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, requested to get carried off the field a a la a Super Bowl-type win after that game. What do you think about that? Jim Swartz is an insecure little man. That's what he is. That's why he has to be carried off. I don't see why he's gonna hold the grudge when he was when he sucked as a head coach. And he had that team in turmoil. They were talented, but he didn't know what to do with it. Had them fighting all undisciplined. But you actually gonna have your new team to lift you up on the shoulders and you're a coordinator? You're not even a head coach and you won the game due to Calvin Johnson and Reggie Bush going out? Two of the top offensive weapons? And you excited like that, like you won a Super Bowl? And two man, weapons man. he coached. These are guys he coached. I mean, where's your loyalty to your to your players? I can understand if you got a bone to pick with the front office. Okay, that's business. But these are this was your team last year, and and you right in front of your former team, even you that, and you get carried off the field like you did something. Reggie Bush. Hurt. Calvin Johnston, hurt. The kicker can't kick. Cut already gone. Henry, I think his name was. Gone. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean, it ain't like it ain't like I mean, okay, hey, you know what? Congratulations on a win. It it was an upset. 
but there was reasons for it. Yes, I mean, it was the it was to me that would have been my entire come on, man. There would have been no need for nothing else. Although there was some, there was some good ones, but there would have been no need for nothing else. <laughs> um, I just I, I don't I don't I don't yeah there was some good ones, but I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it, man. I, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to belabor it. I'm sure we all agree. I just, you know, I, I, if I'm, uh, this is my last minute, we're going to move on. If, if I'm the head coach or the general manager or the owner, uh, Schwartz and me going to have a talk. I don't know if I would punish him, you know, that's kind of hard to like, you know, would you punish him? But we would have a talk. You know, there's absolutely no justification for that action. None. Whatever beef you had with them, congratulations for winning. You, you got the win. Your team got the win. Move on. All right, I'm done. I, I don't even want to talk about it no more. I'm going to get mad. I don't want to talk about it no more. Let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask JB this question because I don't really remember who sent in what, so y'all got to bear with me. Uh, I think this was from you, JB. But I want to get JB, and then I want to get K-Star. Cleveland. JB, were we wrong about Cleveland? You know what? I'm starting to think we were. Because when I look back, now granted, as we discussed last week, we're only four games into the season. But let's 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 just preface it with that. We are only four games into the season. But with that being said, they are two and two. And they legitimately when you go back and look at the, the scores of the games, it could be 4-0 or 0-4. We thought coming out of the gate, 0-4 would be more likely. But with the way they came back on the road against Tennessee, and granted Tennessee is no Denver, there's no San Diego, there's no Seattle, I got that. But you still got to come back on the road to win this football game, and they did just that. So maybe we were wrong about Cleveland. Maybe we were wrong about Brian Hoyer. He seems to be a lot for the starting role now. Nobody's talking about Money Man Manziel. He seems to be a lot. They're only one game out from uh, first place in that division. They might try to make some noise. So I'm not saying that they're going to take the division, but I don't think we can take them lightly anymore. Okay, Star, obviously this is your division, so obviously you have an opinion on this. And and, I, and I'm not necessarily cutting to your bona fide or bona front, but we can cut to at least the Browns part because people are saying statistically this comeback was the, was, was the, the greatest comeback of all time. What are your thoughts on, first of all, are the Browns in your division, are they a legitimate team? And then go ahead and comment on, on your issue of uh, – Bonafide or bona front with this comeback. Talk to me. Listen, the team is is solid. I'm not going to say it's good because I think it's a little bit of overkill. They were down 28-3 at halftime to Tennessee for a reason. So you got a little bit of both sides. You got the good and the bad, and that's, you know, usually the Cleveland Browns fall on the other side of it. But they are definitely a very competitive team. I'll say that. I'll give them that. You know, this is a team that took Baltimore down to the wire uh, without a, uh, an incredibly clutch Steve Smith uh, third down catch, the Browns win that game at home against the Ravens. Um, you know, they, they almost came back against my Steelers. You know, this team has a propensity of coming back in games. They have no quit in them. And for a team that got bashed all year 
by us preseason wise because of their idiotic nature of what you know Mike Pettin, the head coach, was doing with the whole Johnny Manziel, Brian Hoyer thing. You know, um, despite that happening, they're they're showing some you know success and and you know I listen. I don't think it's going to keep going. Um, I think that competitively they'll be close in many games. I don't think the wins will always be there uh, because what we expected from Cleveland. Um, be the case with them is that they would have a good defense. Well, their defense is getting torched all over the place. Their secondary is getting burned. They have a very good run game. They have that to hang their hat on, and Brian Hoyer is playing well, but I don't think they're legitimate. Uh, I, I just think they're a very competitive team that, you know, at the very end of the day, would not quit and is very resilient. Let's talk about that comeback. What are your thoughts? What's what's your thoughts and well, and your bona fide or bona front on that comeback? So, I mean, the comeback is, it was bona fide. Like, it was a bona fide comeback. However, in the context of longevity, when you think of the great comebacks in NFL history, is this going to be a game in which you, you know, recollect and, and reminisce on? For me, it's not. I mean, I think most uh, mostly everyone did not watch this game. Um, let's be honest, it's not, it wasn't exactly a primetime affair, a primetime matchup between the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. So, Aside from the Cleveland Browns and Tennessee Titans fan base, I can't imagine anyone else watching it. But um, I'll put it like this. This comeback will look far more impressive and, and last, last the test of time, you know, far longer than what this will do if, if they can put a winning season around this comeback. If this comeback propels them to greater heights, then yes, this will be an absolute bona fide, you know, comeback that we remember because it's going to spark something special. But if not, if not, then this will be something that's more of an NFL trivia question. You'll find a Buffalo Wild Wings that people won't have the answer to because it will fall and people will not remember it. Bonafide or Bonafront? Bonafront. Bonafront. Bonafront because they're not going to turn it around. Okay. Um, Train, two questions for you on Cleveland. Uh, first question is, I, I'm asking, this is impromptu, okay? We're we go, we going for it tonight. This is impromptu. You call JB a voice of reason, which he is, okay? But, Train, you also a pretty steady voice of reason. I want you, first of all, to rank the AFC North, top to bottom. What do you think, Trey? What do you think, Trey? Cleveland is still at the bottom. Wait a minute, I, I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. Who did you say was at the bottom? Mm-hmm. I said Cleveland is still at the bottom. Okay, all right, Cleveland at the bottom. All right. Uh, from the bottom up, I'd go Cleveland, Steelers, Ravens, then Bengals. Okay, That would all right. be my rank of NFC, NFC North. Okay. And what do you think of this comeback? Is this, is this uh, to use K-Star's terminology, which is really growing on me, bona fide, all-time, you know, the greatest comeback all-time, 25 points on the road, never been done before? Is it, does this it deserve all the media attention it's been getting? Uh, I definitely think it's bona fide. I would not take anything away from a team that plays football and plays for 15 minutes and is able to crawl back and get a win. So within context of just a comeback victory, Definitely bona fide. Okay. So K Star says bona front. Train says bona fide. JB on the comeback. Bona fide, bona front. It's bona fide, definitely. You're talking about on the road too. And we're not talking about San Francisco or the great teams making the comeback. We're talking about a team that no that everybody had casted in the beginning of the season. So that's bona fide. You can't take that away from them. 
I find myself in the unenviable position of having to agree with K-Star on this one. Because had no one, and here's why. Had no one said, I mean, I had to go look it up. I didn't believe them when they said no, no home team, I mean, no road team had come back uh, from 25 down in the fourth quarter before, or however they phrased it, like the first time. You know, I, I think of, of Frank Reich and Buffalo against Houston and that comeback, when I think of comebacks. You know, I, I, this, I think of Dallas and St. Louis a couple weeks ago, biggest comeback in Dallas history. I, I, I would have never, and by in two weeks, I won't remember this comeback. I'm not saying it wasn't a good win for that franchise and for those fans. If I'm a Cleveland fan, man, I'm running around, you know, pinching myself. I'm happy. I'm high-fiving myself. I'm not a Cleveland fan. So looking at it as a football fan, I, by next week it's forgotten. I won't. It won't mean anything to me. So when you talk about all time, it's got to have some punch. It's got to have some some bite, and I don't see the bite. They they weren't playing a Bengals team or a, a Patriots team or a Broncos or a Seahawks. You know now now go to Seattle and get down by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and come back and win. Oh, we're gonna be talking about that game for ten years. <laughs> But Tennessee, I, I don't see it. You know, I don't see it. So we got two, two and two on that one. Wait, that, that ain't bad. That ain't bad. We ain't, we ain't all in the same page. But that, that ain't bad. Um, one of you guys wanted to talk, and I, you guys gonna have to remind me about Bruce Arians, <laughs> which kind of cracks me up. But who, who brought up the Bruce Arians uh, topic? I submitted the Bruce Arians topic. Run with it. Run with it. Well, I, I submitted because I thought it was pretty interesting. If we, you know, they're trying to get players to play this game as a quote unquote the right way, um, with some integrity, uh, without playing dirty. And the only reason I, I was interested in this topic is because what if the league was to institute uh, uh, a penalty in the in the sense of you, it would be a judgment factor, but you injuring a player and you having to sit as long as that player is injured, in the sense that if they're injured, was calculated, let's say, two weeks, you missed two weeks. So, I mean, I brought it up because it's, it's interesting to see if it would even be possible. Um, I doubt it because there's too much of a judgment call in that. And, two, you would have to really, you know, it, it's hard. it's really hard to say a person or a player just intentionally Try to take someone out, unless it was Brandon Merriweather. Train, let me ask you a question. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think Julius Thomas had bad intentions on that play? I don't think Julius Thomas had bad intentions on that play. But my thing is, as as players of the game, they all they they need to know the rules. And he was, I mean, you need to play within the rules. And he just didn't play within the rules on that play. Well, but, but I don't but, think he had that attention. But but see, that's the whole premise for Arian's comment of suspending. Mm-hmm. Of, he said dirty. He said in 37 years of coaching, that's the dirtiest play I've ever seen, which I, I floored me to hear that. I mean, floored me that that play he called the dirtiest play he had ever seen in 37 years. Now, if you take the dirty aspect out of it, then there's no there's no argument. Because then it's just a penalty. You get flagged, mm-hmm. you move on. But he's looking at it and saying, 
that was dirty. And then based on that was all the subsequent com- uh, uh, comments. Uh, uh, K-Star, number one, do you think it was a dirty play? Number two, what do you think of the suggestion of if you hurt somebody, you sit as long as they sit? Uh, I don't think it was a dirty play. I think it was a reactionary play. I mean, yes, he absolutely at the very beginning of the snap went after uh, Campbell's legs, but you know, he's protecting the quarterback. It looked like it was a delay route. He basically, you know, your job is to block the defender and then immediately be releasing your route. He did that. He went well on the guy. The guy is a monster, uh, Campbell is. He's very tall. So he probably just, you know, set out his best opportunity there to, uh, uh, you know, make most uh, out of that play. Um, I don't think that you can ever, and I hope that this never happens, but I don't think you can ever just immediately suspend people or ban people based off of what happens after the play because then – you know, it's just opening a can of worms. It's just where we question people's intent all the time. And there might be some people who really had uh, uh, no ill spirit, and it was just a bad break, some bad luck, and they get suspended all willy-nilly because of what may, ha- what may or may not have happened. And I just think that it's just dangerous. Please, let's not ever do that, NFL. JB, what do you think of the uh, suggestion of suspending somebody for as long as the player is hurt? No, that's that's I'm sorry, that's BS. Um, as far as the play goes, when I watched the replay a couple of times, and he was in the process of engaging with the lineman when when the chop block occurred, he got penalized. End of the discussion. End of discussion. There's been so many worse plays than that in the course of this year alone. There's no reason for him to be suspended for as long as he's out. It's unfortunate. So bad for the guy. Great player, but no, I disagree completely. You know, what I haven't heard Arians say is this is, a, this is a tight end who has no history of dirty play. And why is that being ignored? I, it would be different if we were talking about, you know, Ndamukong Sue or somebody who's got kind of a pass. This, this guy has no history of this. So to, to, to suggest that there be a penalty that suspends him as long as the guy is out for a first offense that we don't, I mean, you watch the video and you see Campbell going up and to his left towards the tackle. And you see Thomas looking like he's going around waist or thigh high. And by the time he got there, he actually got a little lower to me. It was just a miscalculation period. And this is a guy who's got no – there's no history of this. So I don't – this is ridiculous. I mean, hey, man, I got Calais Campbell on with my fantasy team in the other league. They ain't been doing much this year, so, I mean, whatever. But you don't want to see anybody hurt. But come on, man. Come on. Maybe you should focus on, you know, focus on figuring out your quarterback situation. Maybe that's what you should focus on, you know. Maybe you should focus Ooh. on the fact that you got your ass handed to you. Maybe that's what you should focus on. And not all of this venom over a play that I mean I will be disappointed if if uh, Thomas gets fined. I don't think he should be fined. I don't think it was. I just think it was he. You know, you flag the play and that's it. So we'll see what happens. It's only Tuesday and the fines usually come out right around Wednesday. So um, we'll see if he gets fined tomorrow or not. I'll be disappointed. To be quite honest with you. I hope he doesn't get fined. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, last last week. Uh, K-Star did bona fide to bona front. 
And um, one of the questions was, the Cowboys is a playoff team. And uh, K-Star, you know, and, and again, my whole philosophy is you're three, four games in the season. Who knows? But that said, to answer his question, uh, K-Star said, bow in the front. He didn't think the Cowboys were a playoff team. I want to go back to K-Star now. Four and one Dallas Cowboys. You still think it's bona front? Yes. And I picked the Cowboys to win this game against Houston. You know, my qualifying statement to it was, it's not that I don't think the Cowboys are good teams, because certainly they are. It's more so based on the fact that I can, I mean, and it can change. I only see one team out of the NFC East making playoffs, just the division. But wait a minute. You know, I heard you say that. Why? Why, though? Why do you only see one team? What You know, you got two teams at four and one. Right now, so how can you in this in in the NFC say I only see one team when there's two teams at four and one? Your division has all three teams with two, all four teams with two losses. But you said, oh, there might be as many as three teams out of my division. I I, I mean, I saw absolutely zero football logic there, and all I saw was homerism. Your division can send three teams because it's your division, but the NFC East can't. Yet we've got two teams with one loss and one team with just two losses. I don't understand. I think it's because there are better teams in the NFC than there are in the AFC. And I also think that while those records look nice now, you know, it's going to get into the meat of it where the NFC East is going to start playing one another. I mean, the hell this weekend. Just like your division. Same thing every division. Well, I mean, a lot lot of it, of course, but a lot of it's already begun in the AFC North. And, again, I think the NFC is better than the AFC. I, I think that's important to put out there because, you know, you're just going to play more conference games with an NFC. And at the end of the day, I don't think there's necessarily going to be the Cowboys playing bad or anything like that. I just think that because there are so many good teams in the NFC, such as well, – what, what are you good NFC teams that you keep talking about? Uh, okay, there's three because in the NFC West. Okay, when you look across the NFC West, Arizona is three and one, but uh, San Francisco already, had, already has two losses. Since, since uh, Seattle has one loss, you look at the NFC. Um, everybody has two losses. We're talking about only possibly one team coming up out of there. So really, the NFC, the, uh, the NFC East looks better than the NFC North. It looks better than the NFC, the NFC West, and it damn sure looks better than the NFC South. So who are these other good teams are you speaking of? That's what I'm trying to say. That's what Because one of our topics is, is the NFC East back, and I believe they are back. Seriously, that's a scary division, and so I don't, talk, I don't I don't see these other teams that you keep talking about. Even my own team, we're playing like shit right now. So who are these other teams? Well, I think the NFC North is strong. I do think that Detroit and Green Bay are going to have a battle at that. And I think both teams are very good, and I think that two teams will emerge from the NFC North. I mean, yes, it's early, and right now the NFC East does look good. But wait, 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 wait! I just I, uh, hold on. You said two teams right now. You think? two teams will come out of the NFC North based on what you've I seen think, this year? I think there are two teams. Yes, I think there are two teams from the NFC North, comparatively to the NFC East, who have less uh, flaws than, than the, what the NFC East do. Because you look at Philadelphia, they're 4-1. and And while they're a good 4-1 team, they well, wait still a minute, have back a lot up. of issues. Hold on, hold on. Go back to the NFC North. I'm trying to understand. I know you're going to say the Packers. Fine. Who's the other team? Right. Detroit. Really? Detroit, who just I, I still like Detroit. I yes, they did, and I still like that their defense is very, very good. And I still think that again, between you know Caldwell running them in 
and their running game. They have a slew of injuries right now. They have, you know, Calvin's hurt. Joy Bell was hurt. I don't like about injuries. I mean, Everybody plays with it. I don't, I don't care about injuries. We right, all have but injuries. my point is I think that they will continue to play well and be a very, very good team. I don't think that's changed. And it's not – and let me get to my reason as we have danced around it for another reason why I was concerned about Dallas. It's only because of, of you know, what's the staple of Dallas right now? It's their offensive line and their running game. Well, DeMarco Murray right now is on pace for over 400 carries. It, they're going to have to rein that in a bit. I don't know if they have another back they plan on working in, maybe Randall, maybe maybe Dunbar, but they got to find that guy. And because if they do not, DeMarco Murray is going to get hurt, he's going to get banged up, or they're going to be less effective running the ball. And with, with what they're relying on so much right now, I think that it can potentially blow up in their faces. And that's my concern for Dallas is the DeMarco Murray workload. They have are to you find saying that because the analysts said that? Because yeah. the analysts are the only people that I've heard say such craziness. As far as I'm concerned, it's you don't not, fix what ain't broken. It's an offensive line that's dominating with a running back that's dominating behind the line. Why would you try to fix that? Why would you try to call that now and you're 4-1 and you're winning? It makes absolutely no sense to me train. whatsoever to change train. a formula no one's saying that they change the formula, but they have to work in another running back. If you don't think that the Marco Murray having 400 carries this year is 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 not let's a problem, the, let's play the then you're blind. Okay, let's let's play the numbers since you since you are since you are interpolating since you're trying to predict the future with what will happen to to uh to to, to Dallas. Let's just say they continue. They continue on the path that they're that they're on. Because they're competitive against any team that's on their schedule, including Seattle coming up this week with the way they're running the ball. So let's just say they get enough wins to where after week 13, they may already have their division locked. Then you don't have to worry about running. You don't have to worry about running uh, DeMarco Mary. That that sounds like a far more unlikely scenario. It's not like a far more unlikely scenario than the Marco Murray getting hurt. By week 13, their division being locked. Listen, Philadelphia, you were just talking about the strength of their division between Philadelphia and between New that's, York that's Giants. That's the problem not with happen. your whole argument. You're trying to predict the future. That, that's my problem with your whole argument. Train. You're just assuming. That, 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 no, oh, no, no, no. I'm not assuming anything. The Marco Murray has an injury history. You can't. But well, nothing I'm, has I, happened I, yet. Oh, my can goodness. We, can Train. we wait? Of course nothing happened Can we wait yet. to see what happens? Okay, well, we're asking that for me to tell you. I told you so when he gets hurt. No, what I don't want you to do. Let me let me let me just say this. Let me just say this as the resident cowboy expert. I already stated that the pace that Demarco Murray is on can't be sustained over 400 carries. That said, we don't know what's going to happen. We know what has happened. And my problem with what you're saying, K-Star, and what all the analysts are saying is it disrespects what Dallas has done to this day. What they've done is go 4-1. and one. Minus the first half of San Francisco, had they not had three turnovers, I'm sorry, four turnovers in the first half and three in three consecutive uh, uh, possessions, they could be sitting at 5-0 and oh right now. And because it's Dallas and because of their history, People don't want to give them the credit. Anybody else sitting at four and one and 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 five and zero? Oh, well, they're not, but could have been. And everybody is, you know, sending them to the Super Bowl. And all I'm saying is, is I'm not sending them to the Super Bowl. But to say that um, this is what's going to happen, we don't know. If we're sitting here on this radio show 
talking about DeMarco Murray's carries. Don't you think Jason Garrett and um, um, what's the damn, uh, Scott Linehan, these guys, don't you think they know this too? Don't you think they're sitting there saying, man, you know, this guy's got 670 yards rushing in five games. He's on a phonetic pace. What are we going to do here? You know? Let's talk to him, see how he's feeling. What are we going to do? How are we going to, you know, he's, what are we going to, don't you think they're, don't you, they're not blind. They're not stupid. This is, they're not, they know the guy's been hurt every year since he's been into the league. You know, we know this. He's in a high-impact game, and he's a running back. Running backs get hurt, okay? They all get hurt, every last one of them. So you can't come and say later on when he gets hurt, I told you so. Every running back gets injured, every running back. So my point is, they know this. That doesn't mean we don't know. Randall, Dunbar, you know, someone off the practice squad can come in. I mean, you know, we don't know that. We don't know what they're going to do to adjust. We don't know if they're going to sit there and say, let's cut back on his carries just a little bit. 30, 36 carries, or 31 carries, whatever he had, that's too many. Let's throw in some screens. We don't know. So let's look at what we do know. What we do know is that this team has played on a level that I haven't seen in five years. That's what we know. I didn't come on with my chest stuck stuck out last week because I don't know what the Saints are. But I'm I'm my my chest is sticking out right now because next week I may not be able to stick my chest out because they're going to Seattle. So I may have to come in humble next week. So I'm gonna stick my chest out this week and I'm gonna say this team is a force to be reckoned with. The defense is playing solid. The offense is playing solid. Romo's playing within himself. And I'm sorry, right now. Dez is playing better than Calvin Johnson. I know Calvin's been hurt. I know he's a phenom. But right now, you see that catch he made in overtime? Third down, if you don't make that catch, it's punt time. That's the pressure on that play. If you don't make that catch, punt time in overtime. Next score wins. And he pulls that with Joseph all over him, and he makes that catch. The dude is a, is, is a monster, winning over 10,000 yards. Murray playing out of his mind. Terrence Williams coming in and, and, and getting the big touchdown when Romo made that, made J.J. Watt the monster that he is. Oh, and did we hear a lot about J.J. Watt? And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not disrespecting – don't anybody jump on me. I'm not disrespecting J.J. Watt. The man is, in, is insane. He's the, best, he's the best defensive player in the NFL, period. Maybe the best overall player in the NFL. But – did the Cowboys do a good job on them Sunday? So I just want, you know, you're bona front my team, K-Star, because what you think could and would and might possibly happen. But right now, man, give my boys some credit where it's due. And don't but, tell me that teams – I hate you know, them in this game. Yeah, but that's that's the one week. I mean, that's fine. That That's, you know, great. Hey, thank you. Appreciate that. But, I mean, give them, give them the credit that, that is due. When you look at the NFC North, to say that you think, um, I mean, I will put Dallas and Philly as two teams up against maybe the only other two teams that I may back away from would be Seattle and San Fran as a duo. Right. I, those would be the only two. Those two, yeah, it would be tough for me to say that them two ain't going to the playoffs. Outside of that, there's no other two teams in a division in, in, in the NFC that I would put up against, ahead of Dallas and Philly right now. So give my, give my team the props. They, they look great. It's not about – now. it's more or less I'm, – I'm waiting to see. I think we'll see it here eventually. 
where John Randall gets more mixed into the workload. Because I think, I mean, you know, you're, you're a rational thinking fan. You know that that, that carry right now, the, the amount of carries that Marco's in line for is kind of um, ridiculous. And you also know his injury history. So I, I, all I'm saying I is that they, they should. Things. I want to remind you of two things. One is the offensive line. He's never played behind this offensive line before. He's got the most yards before contact and the most yards after contact. Okay? So remember that. Um, and he's never played behind this offensive line. So while while I give him a lot of credit, let's give credit where credit is due. These guys are blocking for this dude. And if they can get him to lead the league substantially by over 200 yards, I'm not saying that Dunbar or, or – um, um, Randall, Randall um, are at that level, but I think they can get some yards behind this offensive line. They're not going to get what Murray gets, but they, 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 they're going to be all right. So my, my whole point is this. I'm not saying, I mean, I did say the Cowboys will go to playoffs. I said they win the division. But what I'm saying is at 4-1, I'm seeing things out of this team that I haven't seen in five years. Three turnovers against the Texans. You know, and y- you still win. You know, just just things, and 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 two of them were in the red zone. Just still figure out a way to win. Texans get the ball first in overtime, and you hold them, and you get the ball, and you don't give it back to them. You know, there's just things that this team is doing that in the past I'd be coming on saying, "What the heck were they thinking?" Even when they're not playing their best, they're still. Figuring out a way to pull out a win. And so if that's who this team is, oh, they're going to be there in the end. They're going to they're gonna be right in the mix. They, they just stay tuned. And that's the team. That's the team. That's not just Murray. All 22 guys that are on that field. That's all I got to say. Jay, did you want to comment on this? I'm sorry, I took all the airtime on the Cowboys. I just, I know you, you, you usually have a thought or two. I apologize. I just, you know, I, I, my, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Put the glass up so I can speak. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I did have one quick one. The one thing that we all forgotten about is emotion. We've seen time and time again this year, just this year alone. We've seen teams have big wins and then go out the next day, lay a dud. You've seen teams on the flip side of it get their tails handed to them, come back and win. Now, for those that are the average fan, don't have a dog in the hunt for the Cowboys or the Texans, would think with the Cowboys having a big win against the Saints, they'd have an emotional letdown going against the Texans. And that this was the part that got me and got my attention, is the fact that they can come in, destroy the Saints, and then have a gritty win against a good Texas team. That is what caught my attention. Everything that you said, T, I completely agree with, but it's the fact that they can win big one week and then win gritty the next has really caught my eye. That's the big one right there. And, you know, I'm going to piggyback one comment and then we'll move on, but people are questioning who the Saints are, okay? And I I understand that. Um, I know who the Saints are because – I never believed in Rob Ryan, and I told everybody that. He had one good year, and everybody was blaming Jerry Jones. Now, all of a sudden, the defense stinks, and it's putting a lot of pressure on the offense, okay? So I'm not surprised that they're having their struggles, but they'll be there. I, I, I believe in Sean Payton and Drew Brees. They'll be there. But Rob Ryan, I don't believe in. But that said, let's go back a year. They come in and, and just desecrate Dallas. 
whooping. Most yards ever put up on the Cowboys. Most yards ever put up. Most first downs ever put up in the NFL bank. 40 first downs. Okay? Ridiculous numbers. And you play them a year later. And you whoop them? I don't think people realize the significance of that. Because nobody... People said, well, it might be good, you know, I mean, close, and da, da, da. but I, for the most part, I heard, oh, yeah, Rob Ryan's looking, you know, he's looking forward to getting to Dallas, and he was talking crap about the Cowboys before, and, you know, they went in there and annihilated the Saints. That should show America and the football fans that this is a different team. I'm not saying they're going to beat Seattle. Get, we'll get to that. I'm not saying they're the best team in the NFL. I'm not saying that they won't have adversity this year. Every team is going to face adversity. But what I'm saying is this is not the same team from the past. That's all I'm saying. Wherever they end up, this is not that team. So if you're going to judge this team, you judge it on what it did this year, period. Don't judge it on the past. That's it. I'm done. We're moving on. Um, JB, let's talk about the 49ers. We already touched on them a little bit. Um. What are you thinking about this scuttlebutt about 49ers and their head coach? You know, it, it, you know, is he leaving? Is he? Did he lose the team? Is he going back to college football? What, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are this: This is crazy. It, it, it's it's disappointing that this has become a story. And we knew that last year there was issues going on. There was that quote unquote, I guess the old Brett Favre schism thing was going on. But listen. The guy has gone to three straight NFC East championship games and made it to the Super Bowl, one of those three. They're three and two. They've got Bowman, who's hurt, who's on his way back. I think he's going to be due back at least before the season's out. So he's going to bolster that defense even more so. He took Alex Smith and turned him into a, an actual bona fide quarterback. He's got Colin Kaepernick playing well. They need to stop it. Stop what's going on. The dude wins football games. He may have the kind of attitude that rub folks the wrong, wrong way, but the bottom line in the NFL, and we've said this on the show before, is winning. He is winning. He needs to stay put. If he wants to leave, he can leave on his own accord. He's earned it. He's been there a short time, but he's earned it with the, with the resume he has there. Leave the man alone. Let him coach. Forget all about this draft picks for the, for the Browns I heard about in the offseason. Forget about wanting to go to the Raiders and all. He, if you want to leave, that's a different story. But if you want to kick him out, that's crazy because the guy is winning. He's got one of the best winning percentages since his uh, tenure began in San Francisco, if not the best. Leave the man alone, let him coach. Uh, Dr. Train, and I believe I have you on 424 now. Dr. Train? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> Your thoughts on uh, all of this scuttlebutt about Harbaugh and the 49ers and he lost the team, he might be leaving, blah, blah, blah. What are your thoughts? I don't have anything different to say what J.P. is already saying. I think it's really stupid right now uh, because you don't you don't need that kind of distraction when you're trying to win a division. Uh against the Seattle Seahawks. That's just, it doesn't make sense. But if that's what they want, then by all means, knock themselves out. I will say one comment. One thing I will say. Um, Deion Sanders has reported this. 
We know Dion won a Super Bowl in San Francisco. We know Dion has very deep ties in that organization. We know Dion is a Hall of Famer. You know, um, there are, uh, you know, in, in football hierarchy, Dion is very respected. Even though he's a reporter now, he's still a former pro football player. And, you know, I, 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 my, my only issue is there, 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 when there's smoke, there's usually fire. And for some reason, I think there's a problem in San Francisco. And we don't create these stories. They come up. And it seems like pretty much, I mean, I'll, I'll refer to uh, K-Star's team, the Steelers. Told K-Star about Haley, an offensive coordinator. K-Star said, no, no, no. Him and Ben are going to be just fine. They're getting along fine. I said, no, K-Star. This guy, I, I've had him in Dallas. I know what he's all about. There's a problem. He's going to try to tie your quarterback down. It's going to be an issue. Watch. K-Star said, no, no, they're getting along great. A few weeks later, well, yeah, we're starting to hear a little scuttlebutt. Team started losing some games. Then next thing you know, what happened? All over the press, Roethlisberger and Haley aren't getting along. They're not on the same page. Roethlisberger is doing what he wants to do and pretty much ignoring Haley's orders. You know, Tomlin's got to step in and mediate and blah, blah, blah. Now it seems like they finally, maybe Haley's woken up and realized, you know, you got a franchise – uh, arguably Hall of Fame quarterback, two Super Bowl wins back there, let him do what he does. But for a while, Haley went in there and wanted to do his own thing. And guess what? The media knew there was a problem. So uh, my my point is, there may very well be a problem in San Francisco. No, they don't need a distraction. But I think there's a problem. And I'm going on record right now, October 7th, that this story ain't done yet. Mark my words. No, definitely. I, I completely agree with you. This story is far from over. I guess the point I was trying to make is should have never been a, a story to begin with. There's a rift going on, and that's why I ended off by saying if if Harbaugh wants to go on his own accord, that's fine. But for whatever's going on, they should leave the man alone because he's winning games. But who's they? When you say they should leave him alone, who's they? They, they being in the owner and the general manager. Well, there and again, it'll come out because I, I can't respond to that because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, I've heard stories like, you know, they had um, some kind of celebration, and he went and ske- and he went and scheduled a rookie practice during the celebration, knowing that there shouldn't have been any practice. I've heard stories about Harbaugh doing things going against ownership because he wants to be, you know, let him do it his way. I, I, I see what you're saying to a point. The man's been successful, but at the same time, he's still part He's still part of there's a hierarchy. You know? I mean, you ain't got to like your boss. You ain't got to agree with your boss, but you got to respect that that's your boss. And some of the stories I've heard, you know, he's kind of created some of these problems himself. So, and I, don't, I, I, and I don't know that they're true. I don't know that they're not true. So that's why I'm saying stay tuned. <laughs> now, I will make this comment. Um, before Harbaugh was Singletary, loved him as a player, loved his intensity and passion. You know, I mean, the the guy, you know, the 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 um, how do I, you know, how how do, how do I say it? Well, you know what? It's better to let him say it. No, no, no. You you don't want me to go much further. Go right ahead. Ask the question. 
Vernon, Vernon just uh, it was something that I told everybody at the very beginning of the week. I will not tolerate um, players that think it's about them when it's about the team. And um, we cannot make we cannot make decisions that cost the team and then come off the sideline and it's nonchalant. No. You know what? I, I, this is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. I believe this. I would rather play with ten people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else rather than play with eleven when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You know, and that's how we will remember Singletary as a head coach. <laughs> I love that. Beautiful, beautiful quote. Yeah, beautiful quote from a loser as a head coach. Awesome as a player. Awesome as a player. You know, if you talk five middle linebackers in history, his name's got to be there. Yep. But as a head coach, he was he was horrible. And Harbaugh went in with his team and took him to the AFC Championship game. Thank you. So on that level, Jay, I agree with you. But there is a there, you know what I mean? There's a balance of, but it's we're still in control, and 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 so there has to be a meeting of the minds, and it seems like there isn't. And Harbaugh, it seems, may want more than what they're willing to give him. And this story is far from over. I'll just say stay tuned. Back yep, down and don't be surprised he go across the bay because I'm sure they would like to enlist him uh, as a savior. So, yeah, stay tuned is an understatement. Man, he go to – you might as well – man, are you kidding me? That's the most dysfunctional franchise in sports. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he seems to be one that likes to turn projects into championships. Stanford was, um, they weren't exactly number one ranked team year in, year out when he took them over and started to do a good job. Like you said, with San Francisco, Singletary wasn't exactly lighting it up, and look what he's done here. And but from San what Francisco, I heard also, no, go ahead, I'm sorry. From what I've heard also is that he likes the area and doesn't want to leave. So that makes going across the bay a little bit more viable than what one may think. Except the fact that you're going from a San Francisco who has a winning mentality to an Oakland. If he can't manage to figure it out with the San Francisco ownership, he might, there's no way. Because if this is a power struggle, you think he's going to Oakland and he's going to get the power he wants? Yeah, okay. He'll be there. He won't even make it to, he won't even make it to the first game before he bails out of there. As long as the Davis family is running that team, we're going to get what we've gotten from them since John Madden left. This is simple. But, you know this, but this, this is where I'm going with it. This would either this is going to validate either ownership of San Francisco or Harbaugh because I, I see that as a tiebreaker. If he can go to Oakland and flip that place around, that validates him. If he goes to Oakland and says, the heck with this and leaves, that validates the ownership of the 49ers. So, uh, part of me would like to see it just for that, just to see what really happens, because it's going to be validation on one side or the other. So if that's the case, I, I really like to see it. That's almost like watching soap opera right there. Yeah, as a fan, we'd like to see it. But if I'm advising Harbaugh, he's crazy. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, agree. 
that's a crazy move to go to Oakland. There's zero yeah. reasons to go to Oakland. You make it work in San Francisco. <laughs> Period. I, 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 you know, that ownership structure there isn't going to work. Go to New York. Go to the Jets first. <laughs> and they're a mess too. Oh, man, no. <laughs> Woo. Woo. All right. K-Star, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. All right, just making sure. Dr. Train, we still got you? Absolutely. All right. Let's 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 go to par rankings. You know why? Because we can. Um, par rankings are interesting this week. Um, very interesting this week. we finally getting some games underneath where the par rankings now kind of got some meat to them. Um, so I, I – and everyone, everyone chimed in. And, you know, for the most part, we're not – far off each other um for the most part there was pretty much six teams um the, the teams not in any in, in, in any particular order maybe i'll do alphabetical order that were on the par rankings are the Bengals, the broncos chargers cowboys eagles and seahawks those six teams were what were on our par rankings um but um there were no agreements Everyone had different five, where last week we all agreed across the board. This week we all had a different five. So um, I will announce the cumulative TMV power rankings through five weeks of NFL play. So at number five, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at four and one. Now they came in tied with the Cincinnati Bengals at three and one. But considering they have one extra win, they're gonna they're gonna get the nod over over Cincinnati because they're four and one. Cincinnati's three and one. So number five, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number four. That's right. That's right. That's right. My Dallas Cowboys. Number four. Let me just say this one more time, just in case y'all didn't you know didn't didn't quite didn't quite hear me. Dallas Cowboys. And number four. When I'm at Cowboys Stadium or sitting at home, and I hear Papa John's Pizza for Jerry Jones, yo, it lights me up like a Roman candle with toppings and flavor almost too good to handle. Cowboys, five stars, what I get. Like a Papa John's Pepsi, double fret. Get a Papa John's large with up five toppings and a two-liter Pepsi. People are swapping because there's no better value. Yo, catch my ride. Cowboys, five-star combo. Jerry's so happy he's rapping about (laughs) Peacock. That's how happy he is that the Cowboys are moving up the power rankings. Number three. No, not the dog. The Denver Broncos. Number three (laughs) power rankings. Number two. Wait for it. Wait for it. I don't have a drum roll. Oh, yeah, I do. Seattle Seahawks, number two, which means the number one team on the Madden Voice NFL par rankings, the San Diego Chargers. (laughs) So, you know, just a little background. Um, Three of us had the Chargers at number one. JB had the Seahawks. 
Three of us had the Seahawks at number two. JB had the Chargers. So, you know, um, you know, no real argument there. Um, and then uh, three, uh, two of us had the Broncos. One had the Bengals. Actually, the Bengals only appeared on Dr. Train's power rankings. Myself, JB, and K-Star were so disgusted with the Bengals, we didn't have them on our power ranking. Dr. Train had them at number three. I don't really have an issue with that. I really can't take Dr. Train to task on that. I can, I can understand that. Um, but I just, the way they were mollywopped by the Patriots, and we are going to talk about that shortly, um, I just I took them right off. Um, and then uh, at four, um, uh, I'm sorry, I had the Cowboys at, at, at three. I and, and I will explain that I had the Cowboys over the Broncos only because two reasons. The first reason is they're four and one, the Broncos are three and one. Second reason is I did go back into last year's game, and as bad as the Cowboys were of a team last year with the worst defense in the NFL, they were they they battled this Denver Bronco team right down to the wire. And I felt like that was still on my mind. And now they're a better team this year than they were last year. And they got one more win. But I did give Seahawks the nod over my Cowboys simply because you just kind of can't. You kind of, I mean, I'm a football guy. As much as I wanted to say the Cowboys are 4-1 and they should move up the ladder, I couldn't put them ahead of the Seahawks. I, I just couldn't do it. Not in good consciousness. Because we know the Seahawks. You know, even though they 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 there were some flaws exposed last night, but they're still a juggernaut. Um, and then most of us had the Eagles at five, um, and Train had the Cowboys at five. And again, overall, I don't see I don't see any issues with our par rankings. I think we were all in the same conversation, so nothing really debate. But I do have an issue. Um, and let me let me just say, ESPN had the Seahawks at number one, Broncos at number two, Chargers at number three. Eagles at number four, Bengals at number five, Cowboys at six. I don't have an issue with that at all. The same six teams we had, just in a different order. I, I really don't have it's, – it's still fairly early in the season. I have an issue with that. NFL.com, I got a bone to pick with NFL.com. I got a major bone to pick with NFL.com. Um, number one, Chargers. No problem with that. Number two, Seahawks. I got no problem with that. Number three, Broncos. I got no problem with that. Notice that's exactly the same rankings as the Madden voice. Chargers, Seahawks, Broncos. Number four, Bengals. Okay, we got the Bengals at six. They got them at four. I don't got a problem with that. I'm going to skip the 15 just for a second. Get back to team number five in a second on NFL.com bar rankings. The sixth team is the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't have a problem with that. We've got the Eagles at five. They got them at six. There's just no issue there. Fifteen that they have on their power rankings is the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers? Three and two? Fifth in your power rankings? Uh, uh, what? Did, uh, yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Thank you, K-Star. Train, this is your division. Help me here. Packers? NFL.com. This is the NFL. This should be, we should be looking up to their power rankings and being like, oh, Packers at number five? NFL.com is so foul right now for their power rankings. That is, it, it, it's kind of disgusting. They make me feel like they don't know football. Because I don't understand. After, after number 
Yeah. For one, you put the Packers in the top five. Second, everything after number five, none of it makes sense to me. Well, and because that's the where fact that you want to put the Dallas Cowboys at twelve. Well, you're stealing my thunder. <laughs> that's what I. That's where I'm going, bro. That's where I'm going. <laughs> wow. Twelve. <laughs> Somebody you, is hating in that office. You understand me? <laughs> well, and, and 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 here's and here's what gets me. So I went to read why. Do you know why? Because they felt like because the, because the Cowboys didn't have a home field advantage. And that wasn't a good look. That's if you read, I I can't. You cannot make this up, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. We're on Facebook right now. The Madden Voice. I got it up. Twitter at the Madden Voice. I got it up. Send a message. I'll see it right away. And if you're in your podcast, hey, I hope I hope we're making your ride a little more enjoyable. Again, three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. Commissioner T here. Doctor Train. JB. K-Star talking some NFL. But go to NFL.com and read it for yourself. That's what they talk about, the home field advantage and how they didn't have a home field advantage against the Texans. That's why you have them 12th? I don't get it. I I don't get it. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, and I say ladies and gentlemen because 45% of the NFL fan is is women. So I'm sure there's some women checking out the Madden voice. Um, this is why you got to listen to the Madden Voice. This is why you got to tell your friends to listen to the Madden Voice. This is why. Because we're going to give it to you like it is. I mean, I give much respect to ESPN. ESPN, I got no – I got no. you had the same six teams in your top six that the Madden Voice had. I got no, I got no problem with that. And you all know I will go at ESPN in a second. I will go at them if they're wrong. They're, they're right there. It made sense. NFL.com. You're the, NFL, you're the league. You're the NFL. Like, you're the NFL. Makes me think of Boomerang with 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 with, with Marcus and Lady Eloise. It's, yo, yo, Lady Eloise. Remember Jay? Lady Eloise. And she sold the company. It wasn't her company no more. But you know, <laughs> you know, you're the NFL, and you don't know your own your own league. You got the Cowboys at twelfth. Man, I'm sorry. That's just ridiculous. All right, I'm sorry, guys. I just it just it it so upsets me. That is pretty ridiculous. And usually I look up to NFL.com or and even especially NFL Network over ESPN. But my God, that's that is atrocious. That's some serious Cowboys hate. I got to be honest. It, it sure is. But because I didn't get a chance to go that route just yet, uh, I've been preoccupied with work and and um, some sick folks. But let me ask y'all this: If the Cowboys are twelfth on that right on that list, who's eleven? Um. All right. Well, hold on, man. Let me. Let me. Let me. Um. Um. I can pull it up. Uh, give me, give me a second here, because I, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't grab the whole, the whole list here. So I um, actually, right. we're shooting from the hip to an alt, so it doesn't matter. That, that's fine. We are shooting from number the number eleven hip. is Patriots. You got it. You got it. Who? Yep, Patriots. Number eleven is Patriots. Okay. Thank you, Doctor Train. Are you serious? So, so uh-huh. you gonna put the Patriots ahead of the Cowboys when the Cowboys have won four straight? You got the Patriots who looked like uh, they just looked like an abomination, and then now they look like the best thing since sliced bread. I know we'll get to that in a moment, but you game was an anomaly. But okay, you know, um, they, they got the Ravens. And, and, 
Well, hold on, hold that, hold that thought real quick, Train, and then I'll let you go ahead and recite the rest of the list. But and Jay, just to just to just to just to piggyback you for a second, there are two teams in the NFL that have a four-game winning streak: the Chargers, who yeah. they have ranked number one, and the Cowboys, right. who they have ranked number twelve. Help me understand this. Thank you. Thank you. Now Thank I'm not you. saying that the Cowboys Ooh, should be ranked is. number one. Don't anybody out there mistake me and say, "Oh, you know, if you're a Cowboy fan." And hey, listen, I am a Cowboy fan. I bleed blue and silver. That's my team. But that said, I am also a football fan. And when my team sucks, I tell you they suck. When they're playing well, I tell you. Right now they're playing well. Do I think they're number one? No. I had them ranked three. Now maybe three might have been a little high. Maybe three was a little homerism. But hey, that's where I put them. But fourth or fifth, to me, is reasonable. And flip and flop with the Eagles. Some people say the Eagles are better. Some people say the Cowboys are better. I got no problem with that. Eagles are four and one. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with the Bengals being in conversation. I got no problem with the Broncos. I got no problems here, guys. Top six, I got no problem. If you said the Cowboys were number six, like ESPN said, I'd say, okay. I have no problem with that. Twelve? Train, go ahead and recite the rest of the list, please. I will, uh, when I recite, I'll just say, worst-case scenario, Dallas deserves to be top seven because there are only seven one-loss teams. But at number 10, you got the Ravens. At nine, you got the 49ers. And this is what I thought was most disrespectful. They have the Cardinals at number eight. <laughs> then you got the Colts at seven. And then, of course, it goes on down, starting with the Eagles at six in their, in their top five. Who is number eight again? Say that one more time. Number eight? Yeah. The Cardinals. <laughs> you don't even know who our quarterback is, Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> the Cardinals. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. This is why the Madden voice exists. This is why we've been doing this for so long. This is why we're the best at what we do. Not only can we tell you how it should be, we can we can um um point at the team at the at the other entities that aren't doing it right and we can show you the flaws in their argument. That's all I'm saying. You put you got the you got you got the four top football minds in this country as far as I'm concerned. When I say football, I don't mean scheming. I I don't mean that. I just mean understanding the game from a fan's perspective and understanding the game the way it should be understood. This makes no sense. Packers at five? Come on, man. Maybe in a couple weeks, but not now. Hey, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, and I gave him MVP last last week. But they are still three and two in a division that, you know, hey, Bears are struggling. We're going to talk about the Bears. Detroit's struggling. But, you know, <laughs> those are two teams. And don't, don't forget about Minnesota if Teddy Bridgewater comes back. So slow down for a minute, man. I, I don't I don't get it, man. I don't get it. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Um before we go to the rest of K Star's bona fide or bona front, actually I like that segment. I gotta give K Star props on that. That was that was actually a good segment to add to the Madden voice, so it was a good job, K Star. Um but before we do that, I, I got a very short rant against Stephen A. You know, we've been already picking on uh NFL dot com and um I, I haven't um, really gone against ESPN today, but, you know, I do have my Commissioner T takes on, first take, takes on the media. 
Um, now, Stephen A. Smith, there was a lot he said. I was going to bring the audio clip on and play it, but then I, I saw the Instagram, and I said, well, the Instagram says it even better than any of the audio clips. So Stephen A. Smith posted on the ESPN First Take Instagram. This was, this was posted um, today. Um, I'm sorry, this was posted yesterday, not today. This was posted yesterday. Um, when they start winning games with Tony Romo slinging the football, come talk to me. This is fool's gold. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me, give me, give me about sixty seconds here, guys. Um, first of all, Stephen A. Smith is on ESPN every day. He's got a show on Sirius. Clearly. When you talk about a guy that uh, um, is respected in his field, he's one of them. That said, that doesn't mean he knows what the heck he's talking about. What are you talking about, Stephen A. Smith? So now they have to win the way you want them to play football for the wins to matter. Oh, I'm sorry. So 4-1 and one doesn't matter because DeMarco Murray has run for 670 yards. So it doesn't matter. It only matters if Tony Romo is throwing for 400 yards a game and has a, 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 a uh, let's go with ESPN's QBR of 90.5. By the way, he also happens to have the number one QBR over the last three games. That would be Tony Romo. But we, we won't go there right now. So they have to not, they just can't win. They've got to win it the way you expect them to win. So when Tony Romo was slinging the ball, you said, why aren't they running DeMarco Murray? DeMarco Murray is a monster back there. They should be running DeMarco Murray. I'd be giving them the ball. They are they are sixteen and one when DeMarco Murray gets the ball twenty or more times a game. Why are they not why are they running DeMarco Murray? It's the arrogance of Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett, Tony Romo and Jason Witten and they gotta throw the ball and they should be running the ball more. That's what you said. So now they're doing that and winning, and you more than once gave them props. You gave them props for running the ball more. You gave them props for building an offensive line that arguably is the best in the NFL. I say arguably, but one of the best in the NFL with three first-round draft picks. You gave them credit for all of that. But then you have the nerve to say that this is fool's gold when Tony Romo is slinging the ball and they're winning. Then come talk to me. So now you're now defining the terms in which they have to win because you're a hater. Because you can't be loyal to one team because you're in New York, so you're a Giant fan, and you're a Jet fan, and you used to be in Philadelphia, so you're an Eagle fan, but you grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so you're a Steelers fan, but Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, so you're an Aaron Rodgers fan. I mean, can you, can you first of all, pick a team, just one, just try it, really, it's not hard, and let us know who your team is. Because hey, actually, you got five. I have breaking news. I have breaking news. Uh, Stephen A. does have a team, and it is all 31 other teams. <laughs> therefore, <laughs> therefore, ladies and gentlemen, there you have Stephen A. Smith loves all 31 other teams, hates the Cowboys, and there it is. Everyone but the Cowboys. I got to give you that. I'm done. K-Star, that's the, that's the line of the night right there. I ain't got nothing else to say. 
I, I, I'm, let's move on. Bonafide or bonafide K-Star? <laughs> uh, seriously, I, you said it best. I, there's nothing more for me to say. K-Star, you the man, bro. Bonafide or bonafide, K-Star, take it over. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a resurgence in the AFC. We have a team that people have buried. People have left for dead. And actually, if you ask certain people, some people, they were the walking dead. I saw Tom Brady and the Patriots. Well, I think we buried them too soon, ladies and gentlemen, because they came out and destroy the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday night. Now, the real question is, are they bona fide or are they bona front? Was that just a last stand by a pro football team that doesn't want to go quietly, or are they bona front? And for me, I think they're bona front. Uh, I'm sorry. I think that they, the Patriots, are bona fide, and people who are doubting them are bona front because, let's be real, if you doubt in New England, there's a problem. We are too often – Prisoners of the moment. We have recency bias ingrained. The NFL, while it's a weekly game, it's also a yearly game. There's a lot of planning. There's a lot of things that go into it. And people, again, destroy the Patriots. That's we're done. Uh, we on the show last week said that we believe that New England is not done, that this is a figment of your you know, imagination. This is a rough spot. Well, I didn't think they would beat Cincinnati. I don't think any of us picked them to beat Cincinnati because we figured it would take longer for them to get uh, it turned around. I think we all, at the end of the day, agreed that New England was not done. They weren't going to go out like that. But for me, they are bona fide. What do you guys think? JB, what do you think? Bona fide or bona front? Patriots, are they back? Well, let me put it like this. I never said that they left. So they're bona fide. And last week, I was actually the one of only the four members on this squad that picked them to win. So they never left. They have issues still, no question about it. But we're talking about Brady. We're talking about Belichick. It's hard to go against that for 16 games. So, yes, bona fide. Dr. Train. Bonafide. Very nice win over the Bengals. can't argue with that at all. And I really do like the Cincinnati Bengals. I still think it's, it's an anomaly in reference to the Bengals. You know, I think that wouldn't happen twice. But, hey, that's a whole other topic. But definitely bona fide. Good win. Good solid win, too. You know, Commissioner T is in a rare space of saying I was wrong. I didn't I didn't proclaim them dead, but I did pick the Bengals. In the past, I had always said I go with Brady and Belichick, and I believe it was two years ago I came on and I said, I think Brady's on a decline, maybe not steep decline, but gradual decline. I was wrong. I learned that lesson. And then I felt this year that things weren't looking good in New England. And while I thought they would still win the division, because of the weakness in the division, I did not see this coming. And I have learned my lesson. I am not betting against Belichick and Brady again. I, they've taught me a lesson. Those two let, – let me, I know this is K-Star segment, but just give me, give, me, give me 15 seconds here. I mean – I agree with Dr. Train when he says defense is it. Defense wins championships. I don't disagree. But you know what? When you have a head coach and a, and a starting quarterback like that, that's the, one, that's the one exception to Dr. Train's rule. When you have a head coach like a Bill Belichick and a, and a Hall of Famer like Tom Brady, there is never a game. I don't care who else is on the field. I don't, I don't care. Because I'll tell you right now, I don't know that I could name six Patriots. And maybe the only reason I can is because I got some on my fantasy team. Ridley and Vereen and these guys, you know, and, you know, Gronkowski we all know, and Amendola. But, you, but beyond the names everybody knows, I don't, I don't know that I can name them. 
These guys are they're there, they're competitive every single year. I was wrong. I had started to think that, yep, here we go. And you know what? Brady came out and Brady said, You wanna you wanna bet? That's Hall of Fame material right there, baby. That is a superstar. That's one of the four horsemen as Train nicknamed uh, them. And you know what? I was wrong. I'm coming. I'm. I'm. I'm being. I'm just going ahead and say it. I picked Cincinnati, and I was dead wrong. Bona fide with with with. You know, man. I bona fide, fide, fide. Go ahead. Go ahead, K Star. <laughs> yeah, definitely New England um, proved a lot of people wrong as they so often have. Next, we have young Russell Wilson. I don't know if you guys saw what he did last night, but it was terrific. He put on a clinic. He looked like a man that could not be stopped. You know what? He actually picked off right where he left at De- or at home against Denver in overtime. He was just a man possessed. But now I have to ask. I have to pose this question because it needs to be put out there for one answer. Is he a top five quarterback? And if not, who's better? Um, for me, I- I'm actually going to put him in five, at right at five. Right there. He's Listen, the kid is young. He, what people will say about him is, uh, you know, he doesn't pass enough. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. Well, guess what? He plays with the Seattle Seahawks. He plays with the best defense in the league. And if you want to use that against him, then fine. Go ahead. But we've seen him in shootout. We've seen him do what he needs to do when the game is on the line. He's a guy who's absolutely in control of himself. He, he scrambles. He improvises. He's very smart, very intelligent, and very unconventional, which makes him a bitch to game plan for. I love Russell Wilson's game. I think he's terrific. I mean, for me, he's he's right at number five. I have so much respect for him, and his game continues to uh, prosper and continues to blossom, and he's just phenomenal. Um, what about you guys? Top five? Is that is he voted for as a top five quarterback? What do you guys think? Uh, JB, why don't you go first? Yeah, he's definitely bona fide top five. We're talking about someone who went from NC State, and then he went to Wisconsin. First day he was there, I think within the first three days, named him the, the team captain. And he has a great career there, good drafted. He doesn't put up big numbers because he doesn't have to, but if he had to, I believe he could. He's like a mini paint Manning, and I mean that from the fact that he is very cerebral. He does not make mistakes, and he knows what plays to make and when to make them. He's definitely bona fide top five. Dr. Train. Yeah, I have to definitely do him bona fide. Uh, and my, my word for Russell Wilson is poise. I've yet to see this dude get rattled. Yeah, I mean, this is an easy one. And, and I'm going to shock you and say um, he's higher than five. First of all, he has not lost to Brady. Breeze, Rodgers, or Peyton Manning. He hasn't lost to those guys, number one. Okay. Uh, number two, I, I, if you're looking at, um, you know, longevity, yeah, we know who the four horsemen is. We're looking at this year, right now, what's been going on. I mean, okay, Peyton, Phillip Rivers. But can, we, can you argue that after, say, Peyton Manning, or uh, let me just, let me reverse it. Philip Rivers first, Peyton Manning second, in my opinion. I'd go Russell Wilson third. Be honest with you. I don't I I can't see any other quarterback that I would put ahead of him other than Philip Rivers right now and Peyton Manning. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, in other words, I'm agreeing with K-Star, and I'm taking it to another level. Russell Wilson right now is third in the NFL right now, if you ask me. And Train, you're right. Poise, I mean, what this dude did last night, it wasn't that he ran for 122 yards. We've seen Michael Vick do this. We've seen Randall Cunningham do this. We've seen quarterbacks rush for over 100 yards. That's not the relevant point. This dude doesn't get hit. He's smart. You watch him run. He's looking at the field. He knows when to go down. He knows when to run out of bounds. That last play he did where they were coming to get him and he threw it to Marshawn Lynch. Are you kidding me? Peyton Manning can't make that play. Phillip Rivers can't make that play. Tom Brady can't make that play. Maybe Breeze. Maybe. The guy, the guy, I mean, I got it, I got it, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe it's the fact that I got a little scotch. I was the one doubting him in the very beginning because they went and signed um, the Green Bay quarterback there. Um, I forgot his name. <laughs> That's how yeah. forgettable he is. Um, yes, Matt Flynn. And I said, what, why you go spend $10 million on Matt Flynn and you give the starting job to Russell Wilson? I was, a, I said, these guys are crazy. You know what? That's why I sit over here, and I'm not in Seattle on the sidelines. They certainly knew what they were talking about. Oh, my God. This guy. And and we're going to talk about the game in a second, but what I saw last night, I'm not scared of Seattle as a team. But Russell Wilson got my attention last night. He got my attention. Okay, go ahead, K-Star. He was, he was on point. But next we have, and we discussed this a little earlier, Brown's comeback. Will it last the test of time? Will this be something we remember and look over fondly? Or will this be something that, again, is just a flash in the pants when we forget? And as I said earlier, we'll just simply go to the trivia tables of the NFL.com lore. Uh, for me, it, again, it's not a comeback that we are all going to remember and reminiscent reminisce on fondly or even really think to 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 acknowledge one of the top comebacks in five years some people ask us hey you know what's some of the top comebacks what comes to mind it will not be this the only way it could ever be this and if you haven't figured out by now this is bone of front um is that this sparks out something extraordinary and changes their season and they become a playoff team then maybe then it sticks with you but for me it's bone of front because i don't see that happening well, you know, we kind of already dealt with this one, so I'll just say to recap, I said bona front. I agreed with you. Jay and 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 Train said bona fide. Um, I think over the next few weeks we're going to see what Cleveland is all about. I'm really interested in the next one, K Star. We can just since we kind of already talked about the Browns, go on to the next one because this one I'm really interested in. Go on to the next one. <clears throat> all right, Train. I, I hope you're listening, man, because um, this one <laughs> a little close to home. Alshon Jeffrey, has he surpassed Brandon Marshall as the go-to receiver in Chicago? Is he better? Oh, man. Wow. Um, I have problems answering this. I really do. I I go back and forth. We all know Brandon Marshall to be a great, uh, some would say legendary receiver. He he has quite the the resume. You know, everyone knows who he is. Terrific all-time receiver. But Alshon Jeffrey the past few weeks, has been far more productive than, than Brandon Marshall. Alshon Jeffrey last year, some would say, was a better player. He was the guy who actually elevated his quarterback play uh, and made Josh McCown look good. And let's look at McCown now. He looks pretty terrible. But was that because of Alshon Jeffrey? 
Listen, for me, I, I think Alshon Jeffrey, the baton has been passed. Brandon Marshall's terrific. He will always be terrific. But he, at this point, Brandon Marshall, has to defer to, to Alshon Jeffrey because Alshon Jeffrey is the next young stud at receiving the NFL. And for that, for being one of the next young studs, or the stud, I got to say Alshon Jeffrey is absolutely bona fide, and he absolutely has taken over as a top receiver in Chicago. Bona fide train. What do you say? I think you're drinking that still a Kool-Aid. That's what I think. Alshon Jeffries, in accordance to your bona fide bona front, is bona front as a top receiver in Chicago. I don't think you really watch the games. That's what I, that's what I think. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Watch the game, you understand that coverage will always roll to cover Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall is our most dangerous receiver run after the catch. Catch it on the run and then after the catch, he knows how to get away from the defender. They will not let him have one on one. They will have they will let Alshon Jeffries have one on one. They're not gonna roll coverage on Alshon Jeffries. He's still a young receiver. So they feel like they're going to take advantage of experience. But the most experienced receiver, the most dangerous receiver on our team, hands down, is Brandon Marshall. Did you see the catches and what he did in the San Francisco game? You say past couple of weeks. As far as I'm concerned, nobody did well in the Green Bay game. Because they all sucked in the second half. And then the same thing in this game. They all sucked in the second half. So when you talk about the top receiver for Chicago, until Brandon Marshall and Jay Cutler get divorced, it's going to be Brandon Marshall. And before you put another one of my Bears players on your bona fide bona front, watch the games. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Um, Let me jump in and get a piece of this, because... K Star, I, I don't know where this came from, bro. Um, this is bona front based on your question, like no other. This this isn't even this isn't even I don't I I don't even know how you can ask this question. Um, that's like asking is Terrence Williams bona front because bona fide because you know he's getting he's getting making plays and does is you know the the number two receiver is gonna get some opportunities because the number one is getting doubled, but Brandon Marshall's the real deal. I mean, I mean, you you name five receivers in the NFL, um, and right now Calvin's hurt, but let's just assume everybody's healthy. Brandon Marshall's in that conversation, period. I mean, I, I that, you know, and the only reason that Alshon might get some plays, not that he ain't talented. I mean, he is talented, but if if I'm a defense and I'm scheming, the first guy I'm looking at is Brandon Marshall. That's the guy, if I'm Bill Belichick, right, and we all know, right, we're all football people, we know what Bill Belichick's scheme is, right? I'm taking away your most dangerous weapon. So now I'm looking at the Bears and I'm thinking, the first name that comes to mind for me is Brandon Marshall. Is it Brandon Marshall? Is it Matt Forte? Is it Martellus Bennett? Who's your weapon? Who is, but it ain't Alshon Jeffrey. He's good. He makes plays. Heck, I got him on my fantasy team. But he ain't repla- he ain't replacing Brandon Marshall. That's just insane. I woo man, uh, JB. What I so bona front, huge bona front. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's also born in front. I've actually had the chance to watch um, Alshon Jeffrey play at South Carolina, so I, I think I got a little bit more of a, a dog in a hunting distance than one may actually think. Great receiver, but Brandon Marshall has has skills that you just can't teach. He's six four, two twenty, built like a tight end, can run like a deer, and can catch the ball, and can be as physically needs to be with anybody else out there. And he knows how to run routes a little bit better now, Sean Jeffrey. Therefore, he can get a little bit more separation. Both players are great, but down the road we may be able to have this conversation, but certainly not right now. All right, K Star. I mean, you, you guys, you guys can sit here and act like it's so case closed, and and. and you know, throw it away. It's just in the bag. Larry Marshall's a man. Alshon Jeffrey, he ain't there yet. And I'm not saying necessarily that uh, your, you know, nostalgia for Brandon Marshall isn't something that, you know, is understandable because certainly it is. But uh, listen, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey is eating up all the targets right now. He has some of the fact that Marshall is hurt. But I watched that Carolina game, and let me tell you, those defenses were rolling their coverages towards Brandon Mar- or to uh, Alshon Jeffrey. That's all I'm saying. But they were rolling their coverage towards in that game. That's exactly where they were rolling their coverage to. That's the reason why Alshon, Alshon Jeffries had a breakthrough game. You know what I'm saying? The one thing that I do, even after watching the games, I always read the Tribune news. I always read the sports news because the sports news see stuff that I don't get a chance to always see. So coverage did not roll to Alshon Jeffries. It rolled to Brandon Marshall because he is the most dangerous receiver on the team. And if you understand anything, when they get into the red zone, anytime they have plays go in, if you understand, if you you know anything about reads, Brandon Marshall is the top target almost over half the plays they go uh, in. We Marshall, we all know that Brandon that Jay Cutler has affinity for Brandon Marshall in the red zone. That's not breaking news. So see, we Brandon know that Marshall, already. Think. About the coach getting Brandon Marshall the ball, he is the number one read. On top of that, if they really wanted to pass the baton to Alshon Jeffries, do you think? They would have given Brandon Marshall a three-year extension, and he's over thirty. Hmm. Well, Brandon Marshall definitely probably the best red zone threat in the game too. I mean, you got to play to your personnel. Listen, I'm not saying that Brandon Marshall's done because he's certainly not. He's terrific. I, I just think I, I guess I'm just higher on Alshon Jeffrey than the rest of the pack is, and that's okay. It's um, okay to be high on him. It's okay to be high on him. It's just the reality right now. Now. In two years, could we have this conversation? And it make more Probably. sense, very, very possibly. You know, as 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 Brandon Marshall's contract winds down and Jeffries matures into what we think he's going to be. Oh, absolutely, I could see that happening if Chicago plays it right. That's what Chicago wants. Is okay. You know, Marshall's going to play out his contract, and we're going to pass the baton, and Jeffries is going to take over and be the number one receiver. Absolutely. But right now, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. I mean, I don't want you to get me wrong, K-Star. I am definitely high on Alshon Jeffries. I love the kid. You know what I'm saying? My lady wants his jersey. <laughs> That's how much we love the kid. But no, he is not Brandon Marshall. Not yet. And, and Train, right. and train before, before uh, K-Star does the last bona fide or bona fide, can, can you, you know, we've been on the show an hour and a half. Madden Voice, 347-838-9525. You ain't shouted out your lady yet, man. I, I don't know what's up, man. But can you shout out your lady, please? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Who, me? Always, 
everything to the end. I do get last words, but since you wanted me to do it so bad right now, I would just to say hi to my lovely lady, Monica, and thank you so much for supporting our show and supporting me. Greatly appreciate it. She actually gives me ideas. Really does. Oh, and, and, and hey, Monica, I'm sure Monica would agree. Also, and Jeffrey, all the way. She says bona fide. Uh, I just what what I'm picking up uh, with the Jersey <laughs> situation not. there. Case that's hey, right now. She's trying to. <laughs> but while while we're doing shout outs, K Star, why don't you shout out your lovely uh, girlfriend? Absolutely, um, baby. I love you, Amanda. You know what? What it is? You, listen, you're you're adorable. You're terrific. You're a hardworking woman, and you, more more importantly, you are carrying the future spawn that is young Luke Madison, um, who will be making her way in life come December, coming to a world near you. Um, All right, now hold on. This is the first time this has been said on the Madden Voice. Just so you know, I've been waiting for you to say it on the Madden Voice, and you have it. Can you say that one more time, please, K Star? <laughs> Absolutely. I have a little girl coming into the world, uh, projected December 13th, so 12, 13, 14. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. She better uh, make it that day. Hopefully she will. And her name is Madison Jade Shaw, and uh, we are looking forward to our little bundle of joy coming up in December. Now we can finally officially say to K-Star, our brother, congratulations, K-Star. I appreciate that. He's a good boy. Thank you, thank you. Um, definitely some bona fide news, Mr. Brother, in there as we segue to our last... Oh, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. We can't leave... Hold on, K-Star, we can't leave JB out, man. JB, you got to give his shout-out, too. Go ahead, JB, give your shout-out. Yeah, man. Give my shout out to to Mickey holding it down. We got the uh, the house full effect, and um, little man is sick, but he's he's mending. He had some of my uh, magic potion last night. He's starting to get better. So, shout out to her. Shout out to the whole family. Shout out to my little sweet pea Olivia as well. So, yeah, we we we're representing. All right, all right. That's what I like to hear. All right, go ahead, K Star. All right. Next, we have, and not least, the last of Bonafide segment, we have Mr. Demarius Thomas. And we're going to go a little bit of two ways, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to play some reality, and we're going to play some fantasy. We're going to start on the fantasy end of it. Has Demarius Thomas surpassed Calvin Johnson as a top fantasy receiver in the NFL? Yes, that is Bonafide. Demarius Thomas absolutely is the best receiver the receiver you want to own over anyone else in fantasy football. Yes, he had a slow start. But we all knew that was going to change. It was only a matter of time, as Terrell Owens used to say. Shout out to B.O. But let's look at it. I mean, speaking of T.O. like, we can sit here and look at, you know, the various Thomas' game, and we can compare it. The run after the catch is truly amazing. He can throw, Peyton can throw a two-yard little pass, and the Marys can house it. The Marys is exposing this. He's playing the best quarterback. Oh, he's that. So you're getting a little breaking up there, man. Find your spot because it's breaking up, brother. 
Breaking up. All right, we good? Are we good? That's better. Is go ahead. Is this Bonafide? All right. That's better. All right. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, Bonafide for me in fantasy. Um, definitely the guy you want to own. And real life, is he the best receiver in the NFL? I mean, this guy just had 230 yards, two touchdowns. Honestly, he should have had 300 yards, had a Julius Thomas uh, block uh, a little ways had not happened, and we talked about it earlier. Um I think he is. I, I do think he's the best receiver in the league. I mean, last year, I think I touched on a little bit. I think we even had a discussion. I felt like he was number two last year. Uh, and Calvin, as terrific as he is, as he is he's, he's really banged up right now. And I have some concerns about him um, because of, uh, you know, the injury he has. And, again, Demarius Thomas just keeps taking his game to a whole another level. The explosiveness is, is asinine. His route running keeps picking up a leg. And, again, I mean, when you have the best quarterback in the league throwing your way, um, it's just the things he can do with his body. His body control is absolutely second to none. For me, Demarius Thomas is the best receiver in the game right now. That's bona fide. Fancy, reality, throw in your bag. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, man. Um, uh, Dr. Train, I'm going to let you go first. I was going to jump in here, but Train, you go ahead and go first. So uh, if I understand this right, there there are two parts to this bonafide front. There's fantasy and then there's reality, correct? Correct. Yes. So the first one is really easy. Fantasy football, yeah, bonafide all day. Great receiver. Um, they they managed to get the ball to him early in that system and let him go to work. As far as reality, when you talk about the best, re- best receiver, uh struggle with this. Not to not that I think he's the best or anything. I struggle with this simply because you have receivers like Larry Fitzgerald, who I know is a beast, but he has no one to throw to him. So if you could just take these receivers and put them all in the same place, who would you consider the best? Right now, that would still be Captain Johnson. So as far as best receiver, yeah. On the front. Because as long as Matthew Stafford got Calvin Johnson goggles on, we will see this dude make some tremendous catches on three, four people all at once. JB, what do you think? Uh, Statistically, from a fantasy perspective, I have to say Bonafront because he had the one breakout game this past week and that really uh, catapulted him towards the upper echelon from a statistical standpoint. Uh, that game out, his numbers aren't so great. They are good, but they're not so great as you look at the entire picture. Uh, take nothing away from him, great player, but on the fantasy bonafront, front, and in reality, I'd also have to say bonafront front there. Reason being is that if you swip, swap teams and you put Calvin Johnson with Peyton Manning, a healthy Calvin Johnson with Peyton Manning would be ridiculous. A healthy Demarius Thomas with Peyton Manning is a step below that. So I'm sorry. I got to go bona front on both both sides. I got a question for you, JP. Who is not Demarius? And, yes, granted, he's got off to a little slower start. Who who would you who is not Demarius would you rather own for the rest of the way in fantasy football this year? Let's start there because I just – who? 
Well, I mean, again, if you look at it statistically, Antonio Brown is, is performing better than, than Demarius Thomas is. Jordy Nelson is performing better than, than Demarius Thomas is. And Des Bryant is performing better than Demarius Thomas is statistically. So right now, but you would rather have all of those guys the rest of the way than Demarius Thomas? I would. And I love Antonio Brown, as you know, but really? I say Antonio Brown. I'm sorry. I, I actually had Antonio Brown last year and was mad that I couldn't pick him up in any of my leagues because of where oh, I yeah, he's placed. A, he's a beast. <laughs> he's a beast. I would probably take either Antonio Brown or Des Bryant before I would take Demarius Thomas. And it's not so much a, a, a knock against Demarius Thomas. It's the fact that Manning has so many weapons and can distribute the ball. He can he can dump it down to Monte Ball before he got injured. He can, he can do a ton of different things. So the looks that Thomas may get may not be as much as what Brown or Des Bryant may get, or even Steve Smith for for that uh, same example. Because statistically, he's ahead of Demarius Thomas also. Let me just jump in here and say this: This is classic K Star. Guy has one game, 226 yards, and K-Star wants to put him in the Hall of Fame. No. This is K-Star. This is what K-Star does. No. No, 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 no. This is what you do. Right? This no. is what you do. No, no, Guy no, has I, one I, good game. Let's put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, all right, listen. No, wait, hold on. I'm not going to let you just get away with that. No, no. This is the Mary's Thomas. This is a guy that had 14 past two years. I've been championing the Mary's Thomas for a long time. It's not just one game. It's more like yeah, three No, wait, wait, wait. wait no, no. But point. you're saying you – no, hold up. Hold up. I'm not going to let you get away. You have been saying that Calvin Johnson – is the best receiver in the NFL, period. You've been saying that. Now, all of a sudden, Demarius Thomas off of one game, 226 yards in one game, and you forget about Calvin Johnson because he's injured? What happened? Hold the clip, man. I've been talking about Demarius Thomas as the second best receiver for a while. I'm saying that. Second best. Calvin, listen, wait, hold on. Second best. Now you're saying the best. A lot of people disagreed with that last year. What I'm saying, though, is, well, Calvin Johnson, as great as he is, he's been getting hurt the past few years, which means he is a chicken in his armor. At this point, at this stage in his career, that's all I'm saying. Let me let me let me just educate you for a minute. Demarius Thomas is great. He is great term because he's with Peyton Manning. I'd like to see him with someone else, but he's great term because he's with Peyton Manning. Okay, so he's going to get statistics because he's with a quarterback that likes to throw the ball. That's his game. Okay, but as far as fantasy, number one, no, he's not. He's not number one. I would take Jordy Nelson over him. Jordy Nelson's having an insane year under Aaron oh, Rodgers, number one receiver. I'd take Jordy Nelson over him. I don't know that I would take Dez. I think Dez is a better receiver than Demarius Thomas. But I don't know that I would take him because of the Cowboys' focus on running. So I don't know only for that reason. But if you ask me who's the best receiver in the NFL right now, I'm going to tell you Dez Bryant right now. The guy doesn't drop anything. You want to catch it over the middle, run after the catch, go up over everybody, he can do it all. And he doesn't drop anything. So right now, for my money, right now, even over Calvin, right now, I'm saying Des Bryant. The man has finally got into a place where I think he's the best receiver in the NFL right now. On a fantasy level, according to JB, I'm going to trust JB. He's outperforming him there too. But I would go with Jordy Nelson. That guy, what he's doing, the fantasy level? Right. So, hey, man, I don't know about Jordy Nelson. I tra- in fact, I mean, I just beat you this week with Jordy Nelson. So, I mean, don't be wrong. Yeah, I, I got nothing. You know what, man? In in our league this year, I, I suck. 
In the other league I'm in, where I'm the defending champion, I'm 5-0. and In our league, I'm 1-4. and I don't know what. You know what happened? We did two drafts. The first draft, my team was serious. My team was for real. Second draft, I, I didn't like my team. And it's showing. Well, I, I mean, that's, I wasn't in the draft room with you the first week, so, you know. Yeah, I know. It wasn't my fault. I was there. I got a great team. But <laughs> this, this, the second the second team I got, I didn't like. And, and you know what? I had no way of beating you. Even I had no points on the bench either. I mean, I had no way to win that game against you this week. I just This year, I think in our league, I'm done. But in the other league, where I'm the champ, I'm 5-0 and back up. I don't think you're done, by the way. I actually disagree. Uh, I don't think you're done. Oh, you're, I'm going to play. I'm not, I'm not conceding. I'm just saying I suck right now. I'm 1-4. and four. Right. And that's horrible. That's horrible. So we'll, well see what well, I see if I can make a comeback. If there's any consolation, I'm five and zero. I don't know if that helps. Doesn't help me, Ms. and Fism. I almost swore. That doesn't help me. Doesn't help me at all. Hey, but hey, 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 train five and zero is great. But you're talking to two. You're talking to two guys that have been champions. So until you get to that level, you can't really say anything. Oh, anyway, well, um, I could have sworn I just heard Charlie Brown's teach y'all. Said, hold on, I think she was calling my name. That's, what? that's all I'm saying. Hey, 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 K-Star. <laughs> hey, K-Star. Yes. Aren't you a champion in EFL fantasy football? Absolutely. And aren't I you a past champion? champion? Aren't I a past champion in EFL fantasy football? You are. That's you are. I hear, so, I hear something from the peanut gallery right now. I think I hear something. Like, I don't know. Matter of fact, I believe, I believe I've been to three championship games in the EF, EAFL fantasy football game. So, I mean, trains 5-0, and oh, but he got he to gotta get to the ship first. I'm just saying. I've He's gotten doing to great. before. You got to the I've ship? gotten to the ship. Yes, the I ship. have. Once? Yes. Who beat yes. you? And I lost. Against our good old Coach K. Oh, Coach. Really? Wow, that was a yeah. long time ago. It was. Coach K won a <laughs> Coach K won an EFL fantasy football. Yes, he did. Wow. You know my yes, thoughts on that. You know my thoughts on that. I already know. <laughs> Blow it out your ass. All right, moving on. <laughs> let's go to let's go <laughs> let's go to our rants, and we're gonna we're gonna start with K Star, and K Star has uh <clears throat> this is K Star's sound off. We need we need to have music for some of this, man. You know we need to we need you know what? Hold on, I know what I'm gonna do for K Star. I'm gonna play. Hold on, hold on, and and here we go. I'm not gonna play the whole thing, but and now. And K-Star, sound off. Go ahead, K-Star, with your bad stuff. All right, that's all you got. All right. Such a great song. So fitting. You know what, guys? I mean, listen, we watch the NFL, and we know the NFL is a trendy league. We know it's a copycat league. And the past few years, we've seen the craze that is the dreaded for civil word for all fancy football owners. The running back by committee approach. Now, when we discussed it earlier, but we, we let's look at four and one Dallas. While Demarco Murray is leading league in rushing, absolutely destroying people, soul crushing anyone he plays against. Um, he's on pace for four hundred carries. Well, that's a bit much. I appreciate the summit what the Dallas Cowboys are doing. They're saying, you know what? We see you guys. We see the rest of the league with you with your running back by committees. But when you have a star, when you have a stud that is DeMarco Murray, we are going to utilize him until he has nothing left. And we are going to beat everyone to the tune of 4-1 and one until someone can stop him. 
because we're not going to stop ourselves. And my problem with the NFL is, as a whole, as a trendy whole, is the fact that these teams, these coaches, they are biting off the concept that two is greater than one. Yes, while we need backup running backs, while everyone understands that there's definitely a need because that injury is the most susceptible to injury um, in, in the whole NFL, you cannot not give the ball to your best playmaker. If your best playmaker, if the best player on your team happens to be a running back, get him the ball. Don't put in an inferior player in his place to manage his reps, manage his carries, because this is a National Football League. This is a must-win situation. The NFL stands for not for long, right? Well, guess what? You better get the running back the ball, your best playmaker the ball, or you're not going to be a coach for very long. And it drives me crazy being a Steelers fan, watching Le'Veon Bell and LeGarrette play. Because Le'Veon Bell is terrific. And I like LeGarrette Blunt, very good player. But it, it, I, listen, the difference between Le'Veon Bell on the Steelers and, and LeGarrette Blunt when they come to the lineup on our offense, it's, it's night and day. While we're still effective offensively with LeGarrette Blunt, let me tell you, it's not nearly the same as it is with Le'Veon Bell. And, and you see it again with other teams uh, who, who, like Eddie Lacy in Green Bay, he gets off the field very often. Uh, the, the teams that do not take their running backs off the field, Chicago, uh, Minnesota, when Adrian Peterson wasn't doing Adrian Peterson-like things. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, you see the success there. They have success offensively because they're committed to one of the best players on their teams. And I just, guys, I hate it. I don't know about you. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but this running back by committee thing, it needs to start being more of a fad. It needs to start dying down because, again, look at Dallas' success. Look at Seattle's success. I don't understand why more teams don't go back to the traditional workhorse back. Mm. Um, you know what? I, I agree with K Star, be honest with you. Um you know, I, I'm a fan of a team that won three Super Bowls with a stud running back. You know, the reason that Troy Aikman's career numbers are I mean, frankly, Tony Romo has broken um, you know, has all the uh, Cowboy uh, passing records, and Troy Aikman's numbers are rather pedestrian, is because he had an Emmett Smith who ran for 18,000 yards, and uh, over 16,000 of those, um, close to 17,000 of those was with Dallas. You know, no one running back has ran for more yards for one team than Emmett Smith, uh, including Walter Payton. And so, you know, and that got them three Super Bowls. As a matter of fact, Today is the anniversary, uh, I believe the 25th anniversary, of the great trade that Jimmy Johnson made with Herschel Walker to get the players and the picks that he got that propelled the Cowboys to three Super Bowls in four years. And a lot of that was done from a massive offensive line and one workhorse, 25-carry-a-game running back. So... You know, I have to agree with K-Star that while the game has evolved over the years, this whole, you know, one guy runs for 12, 13 carries, another guy for 10, another guy for three, the running backs need to get a rhythm. They need to get the feel of the game and the feel of how the defense is playing them. And when you're only getting 10 carries, that's not enough. So I, I, I completely, and it's not because DeMarco Murray is, going off i've always felt this way i've never believed in you know all of this in and out and three and four running backs and all that. i've never and i've never agreed with that so i i i agree with k-star completely uh i think just for that one statement that you said t um the fact that running backs that's what i defer to the fact that running backs need to get a feel for the game i mean even the running backs themselves have said it 
they need to get a feel for the defenses that they play against, so that they, you know, so they know when to cut, you know, so they kind of just. It's almost like a learn as you go thing. Once they once the game starts and they see how defenses respond to them when they make their cuts and they make their breaks, and then now they, as as the game gets on to the third and fourth quarter, uh, you know they get their second win and they start to you know they start to be more uh, more productive uh, in the later quarters. And the running back by committee, I mean, no running back can get a feel. Even though you do have situations where you had the Saints. Where they had Sproles and they had Pierre Thomas, so you got one dude who you're using in the backfield as your workhorse, but then you got Sproles, who to me is one of the, the best back out of the backfield when it comes to catching the ball. But I, I would have to agree. Yeah, me too. Um, this is the reason why you don't want quarterback by committee because there needs to be continuity within the offense. The next step down, you don't want to have running back by committee. Not to mention, the offensive line needs to know who they're going to block for. Each running back has their own separate way of running. So you got one guy who runs one way, then you swap out running backs. Now you got to get used to this guy running a different way, who has a different vision, a different skill set, a different running style that you're not going to be accustomed to at the flick of a switch. So I, I agree with everybody. I think a one running back in eye formation, I miss seeing eye formation. We don't see enough of that either with, with your lead fullback. That's starting to go the way of Dodo a little bit, too. So, yeah, I agree with everybody. All right. Uh, Dr. Train's philosophy, take it away. Uh, uh, what's my topic again? I'm sorry, I don't have the agenda in front of me. Respect the fans. <laughs> we pay to see you play. Oh, man. Yes. Um, I say this because of the past two weeks of incidents. Uh, let me let me be preemptive and say, fans can be a holes. They really can. They can be disrespectful, and this whole social media, Twitter, has opened up like a whole can of worms of how they respond uh, to players. But there are in some cases where players just say things that are just strange. Um, and this is home because Lamar Houston, who we picked up from the Raiders, paid him. A lot of money has yet to get a sack this season. And then when fans start to complain about us losing, which we don't understand why we're losing, um, he wants to say, well, where the real Bears fans are. Well, dude, you just became a Bear this year. We've been fans for years. You owe us something after the team spends that much money on you. We need to see some production, some pass rush, stopping of the run, something. As far as I'm concerned, the best defense, the best defensive end on our team right now is the, is the, is the one that got the, the smaller contract, and that's Willie Young. He's tearing it up. Both Jerry Allen and Lamar Houston hasn't done a thing. But going back to the topic, don't ask where the real Bears fans are. You get in the real Bears fans. We expect to win. You know, we saw what the GM did with the offense last year. He fixed the offensive line in one season. Then he goes out the next season, and he gets all these guys for the defense, make sure he does his due diligence to bring in the right talent, and he bring you, bring you in. And through five games, you have shown us nothing. And you asking for the real Bears fan? Where's the real Lamar Houston? 
Where's the guy that we saw play in, uh, in Oakland? I'm done. More later. <laughs> I, I can't even, man. I got nothing. Anybody want to comment? I got nothing. He said it all. All right. Um, I guess I'm up. And, um, you know, before I get into my topic, my topic is home field advantage or disadvantage. I have to say the case star I saw on Facebook, you asked uh, Reality, a.k.a. Rod Wynn. And met him back in my Madden days, and he's a good dude, and he's a big Madden guy, and he's a big Cowboy fan. But why would you ask him over Commissioner T? You know there's no bigger Cowboy fan than me, but you're going to ask reality. You, you didn't come and ask me. You didn't put it on the agenda to talk about tonight, but you're going to ask him. I'm a little disappointed, K-Star. If I want to ask questions about the Steelers, I'm going straight to you. I, I know other Steeler fans. But in my mind, you're the number one Steeler authority. But you went to somebody else, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, listen, listen little... you're, you're definitely the number one Cowboys fan. Don't get it twisted. But I'm on the show with you every week. I'm not interested in hearing anymore. I already know what you're saying. I think you feel again. like you don't. You know what I'm going to say? <laughs> I have a feeling I have an idea what you're going to say about it. Tell me what I'm going to say. I just want to hear what you think I'm going to say. Well, just that that you know the Cowboys are. Still America's team, and that uh, the reason why is because fans, um, you know, are, are willing to pay a great price to visit the America Stadium, the the illustrious, grand billion-dollar stadium that the Cowboys happen to maintain. Has nothing to do with fandom; has anything to do with the lure, the lore of the Cowboys. Is that it? You're half right. Yes, of course they're America's team. I mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, they, they, yes. They're America's team. Check check the ratings. Check, you know, the, the, who are. I'm looking at the stands, man. I'm just wondering who's. Well, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, just, I'm, I'm responding to what you said. Yes, they're America's team. Absolutely. Now, as far as the stands go, um, my position on that, I have a huge problem with that. And I thought long and hard about this. Long and hard. Because I went back and forth for a little while. But I have a huge problem with this. If you don't want to be a fan of the Cowboys, then simply sell your ticket to another fan. Sell your season tickets to other fans, other Cowboy fans. The fact that you allow Texans to come in and buy your tickets, and before that, um, um, Saints, and before that, 49ers, is disgusting. The fact that you're not a fan to me. You're not a fan. I am completely disgusted with Cowboy Nation. When Tony Romo in his press conference has to say, we went on a silent count. Now, now, to be honest with you, I'm glad because you're going to Seattle. You're going to need the silent count. So you know what? I ain't got no problem with that. From a football standpoint and preparing for the Seahawks, that's excellent. But from a fan standpoint, are you kidding me? $1.2 billion to build a stadium at the time, the biggest and baddest stadium the world has ever seen. You sit in a line to be season ticket holders, right? Or 
you get on to buy tickets to the game. You decide to sell them on the open market because maybe you don't believe in the Cowboys because of 8-8, 8-8, 8-8, and 8-8. Eight and eight, eight and, eight and, eight and, eight. and you sell them to Texans fans or Saint fans or 49ers fans, do you know what? Don't buy tickets anymore. If you're a season ticket holder, give it up. Just say, I don't want them anymore. Let another Cowboys season ticket holder get in there. Give it to me. I'll take them, and I won't even be going down there to see the games. But I'll buy them off you. It is ridiculous that Cowboy fans allow other teams to come in there and make your home team uncomfortable. There is not, there is no way to justify or rationalize that. Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith says, "I'm proud of them. I, I, I'm proud of them." Really? <laughs> You're proud of the fans that don't support their team? You mean nationally, they get more support? Than in their own stadium? You ever seen them in Washington? <laughs> you ever seen them in Arizona? <laughs> but in their own stadium, they have to go on a silent count? That's disgusting. I don't like it. And any Cowboy fans that are out there, if you're true blue and silver, and you bleed blue and silver, and you get up for the games, then you know what? You support your team. Period. If you're not going to support your team, then, then, then move on and go be a Steeler fan, go be a Bear fan, go be an Eagles fan, go find another team. You can't have it both ways. You can't complain that they're not winning and the history and Romo and all of this stuff, but I'm still a Cowboy fan. No, I don't want bandwagons. I don't want bandwagon, you know, when the Cowboys are, you know, 6-2 six, six and two or 7-2 and two or 8-2 and two even. Don't come back to us talking about, well, I knew it all along. No, you didn't. Get out of my face. Because I've suffered with this team. I've been to the bar and been, and been harassed because the team lost. Harassed on Facebook. Harassed on this very show because the team lost. And I've sat here and I've taken it year after year after year. And you're a fan? And you bail out on your team to the point where they have to battle against crowd noise in their own stadium? Disgusting. Disgusting. I'm 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 nauseated by it. Step up, support your team. If you can't support your team, then move on and find another team. It's real simple. I'm giving myself some. I'm giving myself some applause. All right, that's all I get. All right, let's go to the phones. Seven one seven. 717, welcome to the Madden Voice. Hey, this is Mike. I'm actually a Dallas Cowboy fan living in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Mike from Pittsburgh. Welcome oh, back to God. the show. <laughs> hey, I agree, I agree with you 100%. It's disgusting. And I tell you when it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt on Thanksgiving when the Eagles are at, at Dallas. And if the Cowboys have a home game in the playoffs, that's when you need your home crowd the most. That's when it makes a difference um, from possibly winning you know, the division and that Thanksgiving game against the Eagles or if it's in the playoffs. Um, I just think it's totally disgusting. I agree with you 100%. Um, but, you know, this that's the way the world is now. People will sell their soul for money. Um, there's no loyalty anymore. Money overrides everything. Um, not me though. If I, if I had season tickets, there's no way um, I would do my part, you know, and not letting anybody from other colors come in um, to the stadium and root for them. 
But um, what I wanted to get to you, um, my main topic here, was actually uh, an instance in the Steelers-Jacksonville game um, this past Sunday when the Steelers had a 17-9 lead, two minutes to go, Jacksonville had no timeouts, and the Steelers took three kneel downs, the game's over. But what the Steelers ended up doing is throwing a pass to Antonio Brown so he could keep a streak alive of five receptions uh, and 50 yards in a game for like 20 games in a row. And I'd like your thoughts on that. Um, when you can take three knees and end the game, and Tomlin and, and Roethlisberger was actually his idea to try to give Brown the record and take a chance um, by not taking the three knees. I don't know if you even saw that. It wasn't really a national game. Uh, I, I saw the game. I actually was confused when it happened uh, because, you know, I expected them to take knees, uh, but then, you know, Ben dropped back through the pass to Antonio Brown, and that was that. Uh, typically, I would not be okay with it. Um, and surprisingly, maybe it's just such a homer that I'm saying it's okay. Uh, but the play design, I'll also like this, the play design that they, that they actually ran for it was actually such a safe swing pass of a play where it almost seemed like it was such a such a, a safe pass that there's no way the defensive play, uh, backs or anything had, could have gotten to it. Uh, so for only for that reason, only for how safe it was, I'm okay with it, but I still don't feel great about it because yeah, but you never know thing. what can you're happen. Com- you're- you're coming off a week before a loss at home against Tampa Bay, and it's not like Antonio Brown caught it and went down right away. He ran for 18 yards. So those are 18 yards where the ball could have been stripped, and it's not like it was more than a one-score game. You know, a fumble there, you know, yes, granted, it's a long shot of happening, but I've never seen anything like that other than, you know, back in in the 70s when, uh, you know, the Giants fumbled and, you know, Herman Edwards uh, picked it up on – on a kneel down. I just thought, you know, it was an unnecessary risk, you know, especially coming off a game you just lost to Tampa Bay at home. <laughs> I mean, it certainly you know, was a risk. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see it, hearing about, hearing about it, it just shows, it just, it shows me once again why my, uh, my opinions of Mike Tomlin are starting to change. Because at that moment you were willing to risk, and I and I remember the game where with um, the Giants and the Eagles, and I think it was Pasarczyk was the quarterback, yeah. and he was supposed to, it was just supposed to be a kneel down, and he fumbled, and Herman Edwards picks the ball and runs, and they lose the game. I, I remember that, and to me, I, I get. I get loyalty to your players, and you want to, you know, the guy's got a record going to a point. But you know your team just lost a tough game to Tampa Bay, and you're eking out this game by only an eight-point, you know, touchdown, two-point conversions. Uh, to me, I agree with Mike on this one, and I know a couple times, Mike, you've called in and I didn't agree with you, but I got to agree with you on this one. Neil, Neil, three and say, hey, Antonio, I'm sorry, man, but we're gonna preserve our win. <laughs> this ain't, this is a team game because I will tell you what, K Star. And I appreciate the fact that you're uncomfortable with it. You know, if something had happened that cost y'all that game, now we're having a different conversation on the Madden voice. You got out of it, and you said it was a safe play. I didn't see the game. I didn't see the play. But why risk it for for a record? You got 60 minutes to get that record. You want to get that record? First play of the game, throw them the ball and get that record and get it out of the way. 
<laughs> okay, boom. You know? Okay, you got your catch. Yeah, I mean, okay, now let's play football. Fundamentally, I agree. I think the only record we should point about is actually the Pittsburgh Steelers record, first and foremost. So, again, I wasn't comfortable with it. At least the play was safe, but you never know. Hey, guys, before I go, my last point. My, my last about point. About a pass. <laughs> My last point, real quick, guys, and I'll get off get off the line here. Um, you guys know I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan, probably as big as, as there is out there. I don't think they can beat Seattle. I don't think that this team is ready yet to play 60 minutes, error-free, um, penalty-free. I know the offensive line has played great so far, but I see some false starts. I see some missed assignments. I see a Romo interception. Maybe later in the season um, they can build up to possibly going in, a, in a, to a team like Seattle and winning a game like this. But uh, I just don't think they're mentally tough enough yet um, in this environment, a big game like this, for 60 minutes without making mistakes. I think they're going to hang in for a while. But around the end of the third quarter, early fourth, um, you're going to start seeing – some of the mistakes from the from the previous years. I just don't think they're mentally tough enough yet for 60 minutes to go into Seattle and win. And uh, if you guys could just keep me on the line, I appreciate I appreciate the time today. All right, Mike, I'm going to respond to your comment, and I'll keep you on the line. Um, so, Mike, you've been muted, and appreciate the call and the comments. Um, but I, I think you're delusional, <laughs> and I'm, uh, with all due respect. Um, Let's let's first go back to the Rams game where they were down 21 points and they came back to win. That's not a mentally tough team. Let's talk about the Saints. They can't play 60 minutes. That was 60 minutes of football. When the Saints came and got a couple of quick store, scores and the pundits out there were saying, here we go, what did the Cowboys do? They came back, got a touchdown, sealed the game, 38-17, over a team that dominated them a year ago, okay, and mentally tough. Three turnovers, two in the red zone against um, the Texans. Go into overtime, lose the uh, to- uh, the coin toss, so the Texans get the ball first. In a, in your home stadium where you're running a silent count because the uh, opposing team has more noise than your fans. Tony Romo on third down in overtime throws a, for lack of a better word, Hail Mary to Des Bryant, and Des comes down with that ball in overtime to set up Dan Bailey, who had just blown, after 30 straight kicks, mind you, the game-winning kick in regulation, and he comes back and nails the kick in overtime to win? Man, if that ain't mentally tough, my brother, I, I don't know what team you're watching. I'm not saying that, hey, I hey, listen, man, I watch football. I know what Seattle's all about. There's, there's no one out there that thinks that Dallas can go in there and win this game. But to think that they're not mentally tough and not ready to compete, now, hey, they could get blown out. I'm only going off the five games I've seen them play. And based on those five games, frankly, four and a half because the first half game against uh, San Francisco was horrible. But from the second half on, and maybe take out the first half against the Rams because they went down by 21 points, but even late in the second quarter they came back. This team is mentally tough. This team is disciplined. This team is ready to compete. It's just a matter of you're going to play arguably the best team in the NFL, Super Bowl champions, in the toughest stadium in the NFL. 
I wish this game was in Dallas. I think it'd be a much. Uh, I think this. I, frankly, if this game was in Dallas, no doubt, I think Dallas could win this game. And and not for nothing. Did you not see the game last night in Washington? Do you think the Redskins are as talented as the Cowboys? No. But I saw I saw uh, Deshaun Jackson kind of have his way in the secondary. Pierre had a couple of touches. I mean, it was 24-17 in the fourth quarter. And this is the Redskins who are now 1-4. and four. So I, I just think that based on what we've seen, last year's over with. I'm not, I'm not thinking about last year. I'm looking at five. We have five games out of 16. We've got a third of the season done in Dallas. Five out of six. That's enough sample size to say this is a different team. They're going to compete. And I, you, you really think Des Bryant is scared of Richard Sherman? I don't. I'm looking forward to that matchup. And we already know Tony Romo will throw at anybody. Tony don't care. He's got the offensive line. He's got DeMarco Murray, Jason Witten, Terrence Williams on offense. And on defense, the key on defense, Rolando McClain has got to be in this game. If he's not, it's going to be a long day. He's got to be in this game. He is the complete difference in middle linebacker for this defense. So you hang in there and watch if Rolando McClain starts. If he's playing on Sunday, and right now it's too soon to tell because he missed the last game, he's got a groin thing, or he came out of the last game with a groin thing. And and by the way, that's when um, Houston started moving the ball, was when McClain went out because of a groin, by the way. just just say, So, don't, yeah, don't, don't count the Cowboys out, man. Don't don't count them out in this game at all. Don't. Period. Okay. But 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 we but we love you, Mike. Tell you tell all your friends too. Okay. Let's get all of Pittsburgh calling in. You know, K Star needs some help because he get, he keeps getting his lunch eaten on the show. He needs some Steeler fans to be calling in and help him out. All right. Um, let's go to uh, the V V I uh, uh, V I P. Yeah. MVP section. Weekly MVP. And I'll start. And I'll just say. Um, my MVP for this week is Tom Brady. Uh, for the same reason I had Aaron Rodgers last week. Um, you know, with he was home, but with everything and all the people, you're in the decline. You da 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 da. This guy was on a mission against Cincinnati, and I, for one, thought Cincinnati was going to win this game. I just thought that they they just were the better team. And now I'm looking at Cincinnati the same way I look at them every year, like. You know, all smoke with no fire. They're back to where I thought they were. You know, as, as, as Denny Green would say, they they are who I thought they were. Um, Tom Brady, my MVP, and Tom, I'm sorry I doubted you. I'll never doubt you again, bro. You 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 were right. I was wrong. Doctor Train, your MVP. Man, it's got to be the quarterback with the most poise in the league, man, Russell Wilson. I mean, dude, was that not? the most classic version of Tecmo Bowl you've ever seen, like real life. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Let's run back 20 yards and sling the bomb downfield. It's worked. Hey, Russell Wilson all day long. All right. Can't argue that one. Uh, JB. Yeah, my MVP for the week was Myers Thomas. He had a monster game coming out of what could be called a, a slump by by any stretch of the imagination. Eight catches, two twenty six, and two touches. And they needed all those yards and touchdowns that he provided to um, pull the victory out. So he gets my MVP for the week. All right, 
Denarius Thomas, MVP. Uh, and K-Star, your MVP. For me, it was Andrew Luck uh, for a couple of reasons. One, my own personal MVP because thank you for taking out the Ravens. But B, uh, I don't know if you, how much of this game you guys watched, but it was a gritty uh, game in which he took a lot of hits. Uh, just showed real toughness and, again, found a way for him and that uh, offense to get it done as he often has in his young uh, illustrious careers to this point. Andrew Luck, for me, uh, was this week's MVP. All right. Um, I think we've got uh, uh, four valid uh, MVPs there. I don't think anyone could argue with any of them. Um, pick six, uh, Dr. Train, can you give us the uh, week five results and our year-to-date results on the pick six? All right. Give me a second here. Okay. Ooh, so pick six, week five results. Uh, came in with uh, the brothers, Commission T and Little Big Brother J, both finished five and one. Uh, train, yours truly finished four and two, and K Star is at the bottom with three and three. And this actually flipped the overall, and now we got a new person uh, under the pile of dirt. Way to dig yourself out, Jay. You replaced yourself with K Star, so. <laughs> K started at the bottom with 16 and 14 overall. Uh, J's uh, just above him with 17 and 13. T just above J with 18 and 12. And yours truly at the top with 20 and 10. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Let's go with our our week six picks. And, uh, Train, I know you wanted to get your bears in this, uh, um, but I went with all the games with teams with uh, one or two losses. But you know what? Before we do the week six picks, Train, let me let me give you a minute or two. Um, your, your bears looking like they're in trouble. What are your thoughts? You're two and three right now, uh, two losses in a row. Talk to us. You know, take a minute or two, and, and you know, Bears Nation is looking to you for hope. Is there hope? Do you want my pep talk, or you just want to answer the question? Which one you want? Oh, you know what? That, you know what? Listen, hold on. I forgot you were doing that as your pep talk. All right, pause that. Click pause. Okay. Hit the pause button. My bad. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go to our week six picks. And uh, the first game is the Colts. It's a Thursday night game. Um. Colts at three and two at the Texans three and two and let's go K Star first. Well, um I am going with the Colts, but I don't feel very confident about it. The reason why I say that is because these Thursday night games, man, people just the running games usually prosper and Arian Foster look terrific. But uh, Andrew Luck right now is playing MVP form, so with me I have to go with the Colts to win. Okay. JB? No, I'm going to take the Texans on this one. Uh, it just seems like for the first few weeks of the year, teams that have come out with a disappointing loss come back with a victory. And I think Texans thought they could take out the Cowboys. They didn't do it. And I think they're going to take the Colts down this coming week. Okay. Dr. Train? And J.J. Watt is a beast. I'm definitely an Andrew Luck fan. And, uh, if today and Clowney was there, I might take Texans, you know, but um they've had JJ Watt before. So I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with the Colts on this one. 
Um, yeah, I'm going with the Colts because I don't believe in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I think the Texans are bona front. I think the Texans are, you know, they're going to need to get a franchise quarterback in there to go with all that talent. They have Arian Foster, Andre Johnson, you know, Watt, Clowney, Cushing. You know, there's a lot of talent out there. But Fitzpatrick just ain't your answer. I'm sorry. He, he's not. Um, they're going to need to get someone in there. Maybe maybe with the way Hoyer's playing, I mean, you know, maybe they need to go think if they can go get Johnny Manziel in there. You know, yeah, I'm just saying, but um, um, it's not Fitzpatrick. So I'm going. I'm going with Andrew Luck. The guys. The guys for real, and um, the Colts. So, um, Patriots at the Bills. Surprised to have the Bills in a game that actually matters, but the Bills are three and two, and Kyle Orton pulled out the upset against the Lions, and so Patriots traveling to Buffalo. And uh, let's go with um, uh, Dr. Train first. I'm going to roll with the Patriots. Um, the Bills do have a defense. Kyle Orton, make, may, he may make better decisions with the ball than E.J. Manuel, but he's still Kyle Orton. So I'm almost clamoring to make him a starter this season, like at all. <laughs> that said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Patriots, man. Um, yeah. Okay. JB? Yeah, I got to go with the Patriots, too. Um, they, the, the Bills really should have lost that game if it weren't for the horrendous field goal kicking by the Lions. Um, so I, I don't have a, a, a whole lot of faith in him, so I'm going to go with the Patriots see if they can keep riding that high hand. Okay, Star. Uh, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I'm going to oversimplify it. Tom Brady versus uh, Kyle Orton. I will take... Tom Brady. Clean sleep. I already said I'm not going against Brady and Belichick. Patriots. Uh, Panthers, 3-2 and two at the Bengals, 3-1. and one. Let's start with K-Star on this one. Uh, Bengals. I don't want to talk about it. Just Bengals. Okay. Dr. Train. <laughs> Who oh, they all day? <laughs> Throw with them Bengals, man. Panthers shouldn't be three and two anyway. Bull Bengals, man. JB. Same here. Bengals. They're a different team at home. Taking them. I'm going against the Grand. I'm going with the Panthers. Uh, the Bengals were demoralized uh, against the Patriots. A game that was their measuring stick. This was this was their game to go in and show that they're ready to compete. They're ready to be one of the better teams in AFC, and they didn't even show up. Um, I don't think they're going to recover, and I think the Panthers have a lot to prove. So um, the Panthers need this game desperately. They need it more than the Bengals. So I'm going against the Grand. I'm going with the Panthers. Um, K-Star. Not that we know who you're going to pick, but we need to know why you have the Steelers beating the Browns in Cleveland. Well, uh, Ben Roethlisberger has an 18-2 record against Cleveland. Uh, we beat them down earlier in the year. They had a nice little comeback, but that was that led to a K-Star soundoff, and we don't want that to happen again where I, where I just blast my Steelers for playing conservative. But in all seriousness, the, 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 the weakness in the Browns right now, I, I pointed out earlier, is their defense, and if you know, but Antonio Brown has eaten Joe Hayden's lunch 
like the last three games they played. Le'Veon Bradley had no answer for last game. 150 total yards, two touchdowns. Uh, from the other Steelers, I think their defense is enough stops. Brian Hoyer, uh, while he's a nice feel-good story, uh, you know he he's also going to make the Steelers' defense feel good because he will throw the ball up in the air uh, for anyone to take. And I like Pittsburgh in the matchup. All right, Dr. Train, Steelers at the Browns. Man, um, this 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 game smells a bit of a. It doesn't smell good for the Steelers, but I'm still going to pick the Steelers. Uh, I don't like the fact that the Steelers linebackers is, is is injured. I think that will be an issue, but I still expect them to win this game. You know, the Browns are the Browns. That's it. JB? As much as I want to go with the Steelers, I'm actually going to go with the Browns. Um, I don't ask me why. I'm just going to go with my gut, and the gut is saying go with them, so there you go. You know, there's a reason that that guy's my brother and we grew up in the same house because I'm in the same dilemma. I so want to pick the Steelers because you're supposed to pick the Steelers to beat the Browns. I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be. K-Star said it, 18-2. and two. That's what happens. But everything's telling me to go with the Browns at home, that they got a little momentum going with their comeback win. And the Steelers have been a little uncertain this year, and I don't like what I'm seeing from Tomlin, big picture. So I'm I'm, I'm following my brother's lead. I'm going with the Browns on this one. Sorry, K-Star, but, you know, you'll get me back on the next one. Um, Cowboys, 4-1, and one, travel to Seattle to play the Seahawks. K-Star, you first. Uh, yeah, let's make this quick. Seahawks at Seattle. Uh, listen, just it's so hard to win there, and Seattle wins. Dr. Train. Seahawks at home, bro. Had this been in Dallas, even though <laughs> even though they can't have home field advantage even when they're at home, I would still probably go with Dallas at home. But this is in Seattle. It's one of the toughest places to play. But, man, if y'all pull out this victory, you're by far the best team in the NFC. With that said, I'm still picking the Seahawks, though. J.B. I'm not going against my boys. I'm taking the Cowboys on this one. I'm taking the Cowboys because, not just because they won four in a row, not just because Seattle has shown a little bit of weakness in the in the game last night, but I'm picking them because I think they actually are figuring out what it takes to win football games. Like I said earlier, the blowout against the Saints, because, hey, we don't know what the Saints are, but we know they, they got Drew Brees, and they tore them apart. Then they came back and beat the Texans in a gritty game. They're starting to figure out how to win. Cowboys. Well, we already know I'm picking the Cowboys, um, but here's why I'm picking the Cowboys. They got nothing to lose. They lose this game, they're 4-2. They're still right in the thick of things. Uh, the Eagles got to go play the Giants, and, you know, that's going to be a tough game either way. Um, they won the games they needed to win to be in a position to where – they know they're going against the Super Bowl champions at home in the toughest stadium in the NFL to play. They have nothing to lose. All the pressure is on Seattle. They already had a loss. Seattle to go to 3-2? and two? What does that say for them if they were to lose? And Arizona already gave a roadmap last year on how to win in Seattle. And, oh, by the way, didn't the Chargers beat Seattle in San Diego? 
And didn't the Redskins, who have, at this point, have not played nearly as well as the Cowboys. They've got a lot of talent. But Kirk Cousins, are you kidding me? And yet, they took it into the fourth quarter. It was a seven-point game. Now, I know that's not Seattle, and I understand how hard it is. But here's where the silent count actually is an advantage now because they actually played a game with a silent count. So, And, and they managed to pull that game out against, at the time, in case everyone didn't realize, Texans were the number one ranked defense in the NFL last week before, before uh, the game played, and the Cowboys beat them. So I, I actually feel pretty good about their ability to go into Seattle and compete. I think we're going to see them do the same kind of game plan they did against the Saints. And as physical as Seattle's defense is, I got news for you. Dallas' defense is hitting this year. Them boys is physical this year. So they're going to give as good as they get. They're going to take the ball first. They're going to go down and try to score and have Seattle on their heels. So it's going to be a great game. But I'm going with my Cowboys. And this is a sincere – this isn't a homer pick. This is really – I think Dallas is going to win this game. I really think that Seattle is not the team from last year just yet. They may become that team down the stretch. They might. I'm not saying that – you know, I'm not. I'm not saying they're dead, and they're, you know, I'm gonna go that far. But right now, they're not the team that won the Super Bowl. There, there are some holes on that team. That's all I'm saying. All right. Um. And the game I just mentioned: Giants three and two at the Eagles four and one. JB NFC East: Giants at Eagles. Ooh, this is a tough one. Um, Giants look like they're for real. Eagles can show that they can win basically three different ways. Eagles in a cold. Dr. Train. This is going to really shake up the results next week, boy, I tell you. Um, I don't trust the Eagles right now. Um, and I, I believe the Giants uh, have now awakened. I think the sleeping Giants have awakened, so... I'm over with the Giants on this one. K-Star. I am going with the Giants as well. They run the ball extremely well. While they will be without Rashad Jennings, they do have young Andre Williams, who's pretty impressive. And uh, they have Odell Beckham Jr. who had a nice little debut against Atlanta. I like how how New York is playing, and I like their defensive line against Philadelphia's banged-up mash unit for an offensive line. Give me New York. Eagles are home, although last year that didn't mean much. I think this year it means more. Um, Darren Sproles is the X factor. Uh, I'm going with the Eagles. Um, if I had to pick who I want to win, I'd like to see the Giants win, um, bring the Eagles to four and two. But that's a want. Who I think is going to win, I think the Eagles are going to win. I don't believe in the Giants. I, I know they won three in a row, but. This is what they do. They suck you in and have you believe in them, and then the next thing you know, Eli's giving games away, and that's what I expect. Um, so I'm going with the Eagles. All right, last segment of the night, pep talks. Uh, I'm going to start. I have two very quick pep talks. Uh, the first one is Dallas, just real quick. Um, don't watch the news. Don't watch all the pundits. They're just another football team. They're not supermen. You saw, did you watch the game with Washington? And Washington can't, right now, they're nowhere near as good as you. They're not playing anywhere near on your level. 
that should give you some motivation. Go in there and stick to your game plan. Run the ball, throw when you need to, physical on defense, silent count, and you can beat these boys. You can go in there and beat these. This is a winnable game. So go in there and take this to another level. Let's bring everybody's attention that the Cowboys are back and go win this game. The other thing is, a couple weeks ago I talked about when um, Devin Hester set the record and how the NFL messed up on a chance to bring some positive attention to the league during all the crap that's been going on over the last several months and how they should have really blew that up and Goodell should have been there and it, you know, it should have been a much bigger deal. Well, congratulations, because Bob Kraft obviously listened to the Madden voice and realized that there was an opportunity, because we know Bob Kraft and Roger Goodell are very close. And so, obviously, Bob Kraft heard my comments and said, okay, we have another story that we can get some mileage out of and and get some positive attention to the NFL and take the focus away from all this negative crap. And that was the Cincinnati Bengals' daughter, Leah. Leah Strong, young lady with cancer. And, um, you know, they're raising money for her, you know, uh, her treatments and for cancer. And uh, it was just a really they did a music video that she was in. And if you saw the game, it was just a very touching, feel good moment. It was just it was exactly what the NFL needed to focus away from all the negativity and the something strong. And I appreciate that. I'm proud of the NFL. And, Bob, I appreciate you listening to Commissioner T and really taking advantage of an opportunity to propel the NFL back on the spotlight on a positive level for a change. So good job, Bob Kraft and uh, the New England Patriots. Very classy because that was done in their stadium, even though Cincinnati was about a Cincinnati player. That was done in their stadium. So good job. Congratulations. I think that was great. All right. Dr. Train, pep talk. The Bears, or excuse me. <clears throat> Actually, you know, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Before Train does this, we're going to give Train a little motivation, um, just a little bit. All right, that's all you get. Got to win some games before I play more. The Bears, Pep Talk, Dr. Train. You to play Denny Green, that probably would have been more spot on for how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't see it. I don't smell it. It ain't within reach. It ain't within grasp. This team is not playing like it should play. I mean, this, this just so I can get a little bit of detail. We're up 21-7. to 7. We are driving the ball on Carolina. We take a screen pass to Matt Forte, who is having a phenomenal game. Martellus Bennett is running down the sideline. Only needs to block one dude, and it's a touchdown, and he runs right by the man looking straight for it like he has the ball and Forte doesn't. Then he has the nerve enough to say in his interview, Forte slowed down. Are you serious? He slowed when? You, you wasn't look. How can you say he slowed down? Did you turn around and look? He could have turned around and blocked three people and now that's a 28-7 to lead before halftime. Instead, we go down and we miss a field goal. Yay. That's what I see. Another detail before I finish this, this rant. We go and pick up some dude and bring him on to the special teams. I don't even remember his name. I just remember how dumb he is. 
Now, Joe DiCamillis, I think, is a great special teams coach. But he is working with some riffraff. This kid comes in the game. We punt the ball off. And he forgets all the NFL League rules for special teams. He takes out the receiver before he can even get his hands on the ball. That's automatic flag. But the stupidity of the rest of the team is if we didn't learn last year that when the ball is on the ground and the whistle has not been blown, don't stop playing. No, we pull up like it's halftime. And the dude just picks up the ball and runs down the sideline for a touchdown. It should have never happened. We have got to be the dumbest team in the NFL for that to happen twice within a year. Dude, I'm tired. We shouldn't be losing. Bills should have been a win. The only team that literally kicked our asses was Green Bay. Carolina shouldn't have got that win. That was given to them. No points in the second half, three turnovers, and you're still able to move the ball? Makes no sense with all the talent that you have on offense. And like you say, K-Star, you like to say Steelers, you like to say offense is the strength of your team. I like to say the same with Chicago, but I'm tired of saying it. Just let me see it. Just do it. Mark Tresham was brought in as an offensive head coach. We supposed to move the ball for 60 minutes, not 35. And the defense, they are playing better. But these guys that we put this money into to play defensive end, Jerry Allen, Lamar Houston, don't ask where the real fans are. Show me where the real players are. Man, I'm done. Hey, actually, I expected, because I watched a lot of this game, uh, my buddy Al, a huge Panthers fan, and uh, I also had a couple of friends who are Bears fans, so that was a great uh, game to watch as well. Uh, yeah, you guys, you guys, first of all, gave this game away. And not only did you give it away, you gift wrap it. But I was expecting, half expecting for for Jake Cutler to be a part of this pet talk. This guy was a big reason why he threw the game away. I, what the hell are you doing? You know, he's been thrown with some awful interceptions, just playing super reckless. After he played, he starts off so hot and so well. Uh, I just don't understand it, man. Like, yeah, Trustman's been brought in, to, you know, to coach the offense, all that stuff. But, man, I swear it. it it's kind of hard to do that when you have Jay Cutler going Maverick and going Rambo on everyone and just tossing the ball whichever you know direction he's the wind is blowing. It's just you right, man. But if I start naming players, dude, I'd never shut up and I don't want to talk all night long. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, um, I got nothing to add. That's your team, and let's see what happens. Uh, JB pep talk is to the zero five Jacksonville Jaguars. And they need a pep talk, so that's why I'm here. <laughs> and basically, the laughing stock of the entire league, my pep talk to the Jacksonville Jaguars is simple. Keep playing. Keep competing. The margin of victory, believe it or not, is shrinking each and every week. So obviously, the law of numbers says eventually you got you got to win. From week two, getting blown up by Washington, you lost by 31, then you lost by 27, then you lost to San Diego by 19, and you lost to Pittsburgh by 8. So it keeps shrinking down. 
means you got a chance to get a victory somewhere in there. Blake Bortles, numbers-wise, doesn't look good. But he's a rookie, and he's been thrown into the fire. But given the eyeball test, because I'm big on numbers, but I'm also big on eyeball test, he looks like he could actually be for real. You got too many needs, though. You got needs on offense with, with your offensive line. You got needs on defense as well. You may have some receivers, maybe, but I can't tell because Bortles doesn't have enough time to throw it. But keep competing because good things have to happen. You start getting that flavor for what it means to play 64 minutes, just like Train was saying about his Bears moving the ball up and down the, the, the field. Play for a full 60, see what happens. Keep on competing. That's all I got. All right. K-Star, you didn't send in a pep. Do you have one, or are you good? Uh, I actually do. I don't want to improvise. And I was just thinking about the Bears-Panthers game that I just watched uh, a lot of. And my pep talk is actually going to go to the Carolina Panthers offensive coaching staff um, for one simple reason. Listen, we know Cam Newton had ankle surgery. We know that he had been ailing, but we also know that it is five weeks into the season, and you got to let the man run at least a little bit. Hey, don't get me wrong, he's definitely improved as a pocket passer, but, man, if you want to be the Panthers, if you want a chance to actually be a contender this year, you have to let Cam be Cam. And right now, um, to catch up to speed for those who aren't aware, they are refusing to call any uh, design runs or, or even too many rollouts for Cam because they don't want to risk injury to his ankle, which – it's really commendable. At some point, you got to take off the training wheels of the man play. And Cam looks healthy to me from what I've seen. Uh, he's come a long way. And she's like, come on, guys. Let's just come on. Mm. Um, interesting pep talks. Inter- interesting, all of them. Um, and train, I, you know, of all of them, I mean, Jay, the Jags, I mean, they suck. So, I mean, you're really not saying. Um, but train, um, You know, Cutler, I, I, I've defended Cutler on one level because he gets harassed like Romo. But at times I've questioned his heart. You know that. But do you think, is Cutler the issue? Is Cutler the problem with your team? You guys are 2-3. and three. Certainly season's not over yet, but there are some concerning things, obviously. Um, do you think Cutler is the issue? Is Cutler the problem? No. Part of the problem? Yes, definitely. He's getting paid way too much money to play like he's been playing, like we saw him play last year or the year before. I'm t- I'm tired of just seeing the, the the you know after the game, oh he shouldn't have thrown that pass. Cutler needs to know you shouldn't have thrown that pass. Just stop throwing the stupid passes. If the ball gets tipped, if you try to, I, I can live, I can live with strong arm cocky, confident, he wants to try to put it in there. I can live with that every now and then, but every single week, it gets old. And in games like that, when it costs us, it's even worse. Mm. Well, I appreciate you, with, with them all. I'm tired. I'm, tired. I'm just tired of losing, man. We shouldn't lose with the, with the talent that we have on this team. Period. Well, for you, Dr. Train, this is for you, baby. We just uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. 
We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit? Bullshit. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. They ain't letting us off the hook, Danny. Not this year. Not this year. Woo. All right. Um, man, guys, I think this has been one of our better shows we've done in a while. I think uh, we covered a lot of territory. Um, you know, it was a little bit longer show, but there was so much to talk about. And I uh, appreciate you guys sticking in there. appreciate the fans sticking in there. A little bit longer show. Let's go around and get final thoughts. And Train, you you on a roll, man. Uh, your final thoughts for tonight. Well, my final thoughts, and I'll just some quick, quick tidbits. Uh, one, I'm just glad to see us pass the negativity of off-field issues that have been happening in the league and finally have a show where we talk about football and then talk about one positive note with the young man's daughter and her, her fight with cancer in Cincinnati. I think that's awesome. Secondly, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so by all means, people, get yourself educated on this disease, what causes it, and how you can prevent it uh, altogether. Other than that, shout out to the uh, Adams Holloman family that listens to this show every week. Uh, parents of my late friend Erica Holloman. So thank them and thank our fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll just echo, I have other things to say. I'll just echo. Um, ladies, um, Get your get your get your get your mammograms. Do your self exams. You know, get yourself checked out. You know, early detection is the key here with breast cancer. And uh, we've all I'm, I'm, I know we've all lost at least one person that we care about to to breast cancer, if not cancer in general. Um, so, ladies, seriously, go ahead and get yourself checked out. And um, if if you need some help, give me a call. I can you know, offer my services. You know, just get that checked out. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, K K Star. <laughs> Final thoughts. You just stole the show. I'll just let it. I'll let everyone just sit on what you just said. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good, though, huh? JB. Final words. Uh, basically, echoing what what uh, Dr. Train said. Uh, definitely uh, good for the NFL. So everything you said, and, and then some, Dr. Train. Also. Uh, another shout out back to K Star for um, what he's expecting in, in December. Uh, congratulations, brother, and uh, uh, much love to you on that. So appreciate it. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, well I'm, I'm muting all my fellas. Thank you guys. Um, thank you, Doctor Train, and uh, and once again I appreciate you hosting the last two weeks. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, thank you, uh, K-Star, for getting your stuff in on time so we could uh, be organized for our show. I appreciate it, and uh, my brother, man, you know how we do, bruh, and uh, I'm just happy that uh, in 10 days, man, you'll be right up here in Bristol. Looking forward to seeing you, my brother. Um, so listen, uh, I, you know, I feel like, I feel like, I won't say I'm a broken record, but I do feel like every year I say the same thing, because it's true. Um you know, we're pretty much about a third into the season. Not quite a third, but some teams have played five games out of 16. Some have played four, so you got the bye week. But, you know, by next week, we're talking a third of the season is done, okay? 
So next week, a third of the season is done. Ladies and gentlemen, NFL season goes quickly. It comes and it goes. Enjoy your games. Get in there and, you know, root for your team, support your team. Go watch your games, DirecTV, uh, NFL Network, whatever it is. Go to the bar. Enjoy your games. Enjoy football because it's going to be gone before you know it. A little small announcement. There's a um, very well-known local sports bar that has agreed to allow me to come in there and host a show. We're just trying to figure out when would be the best time because Tuesday night, yeah, there's really not a lot going on on a Tuesday night football-wise, so we may do a special show. We'll still do our Tuesday show, but we may do a special show on a football football night, um, whether it's just me alone or whether it's me with the crew. So stay tuned, but they're going to they're gonna co-host uh, and allow me to set up in there and do the show, and we'll have live fans, and it should be exciting. I'm not sure how soon, but we've got to work out some logistical stuff and some technical stuff, and so so, so bear with me. But um, that's coming soon. So with that said, hey, great show tonight. Can't wait to come back next week and talk about how my Cowboys uh, beat up on the on the Seahawks. Okay, maybe not, but I'm hoping. Um, with that said, for K-Star, for JB, and for Dr. Train, I want to thank everybody for coming to the Madden Voice. And remember, here on the Madden Voice, uh-huh, what, what do we say? All feuds are settled on the field. Good night, everybody. <laughs>